It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now pushing the limits, here's Brian Shapiro. What's up, Las Vegas? Happy Monday. It's PTL time. Right here on KSHB, streaming everywhere, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. And I am so happy to be back in studio. Don't get me wrong, I mean, I, I, I did enjoy uh, the Sapphire Pool on Friday. We'll get to that. Good to be back here and uh, back in the swing of things after what was a very, very hectic and busy Las Vegas weekend. Of course, we had the NFL Draft in town, Tiger Jam in town. A lot of stuff going on, man. We're going to get to all that. We got a lot of other stuff to get to as well. We got C Win joining me in studio today as it is Monday. Jim Acosta had a run in with Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's, it's must listen to audio, so we'll get to that. New stuff going on in Georgia with Raffensperger and what took place in the election in 2020. Well, guess what? A jury now has been formed, a grand jury, and it has something to do with Donald Trump, so we will get to that as well. Coming up in hour number two. It'll be nice to have, you know, a decent-looking guy in studio. All due respect to Numchuck and and Chris Wynn. But Jesse Merrick, Channel 3 Sports, will be joining us. He had a very busy weekend covering the NFL Draft, so he's going to be joining us in studio to talk about that and all the Cougars that hit on him on a daily basis in Las Vegas. So Jesse Merrick will be joining us. Cougars? What are Cougars? That's right. In hour number two. Well, Chris is a Cougar himself. I am. Yes, he is. Uh, So, Chris, thanks for being here. Can guys be Cougars? (laughs) I don't know if that's even possible. I don't know. Is it possible? I don't know. So, Chris, I'm not uh, that much older than you, by the way, Shapiro. You're old. Calm down. So, we're at Arizona Charlie's last night, yeah. uh, of all places, and Chris says, Oh, wow, look, over 50. I get 20% off of the cafe. I'm like, You old fart. I'm starting to come to that realization, Brian. I really am. <laughs> when I start to see that, you know, the, the AARP stuff all over the place. Yes. And yeah, I, I, I got to admit, I, I do take a step back every now and then when I see yeah. those promotions, Brian. Yeah. I'm telling you. It is a little bit eye-opening, to be honest with you. You're old. There's no that question I about that. I actually can partake in those now. I had and, a great... Uh, with the, with the, uh, you know, the five decades plus of uh, yeah. being on Earth. Had a great weekend, by the way. We'll get to the whole Sapphire thing. For those yeah. of you that are unaware, mm-hmm. we were broadcasting live from the Sapphire topless pool, and uh, it was extremely difficult to concentrate. I'm not complaining, by the way. It was a lot of fun. We had a great time. The people at Sapphire are so awesome. Yeah. The employees there are just so good. Uh, not just the women. <laughs> the men, too. Everyone there did a great job. It was a lot of fun, you know, and uh, we had Brian Collin who uh, came on the show. And, of course, you know him from all these movies like The Hangover, uh, just, to name, just to name one. Uh, one of my personal favorites, Old School. And uh, saw his stand-up comedy uh, Friday night over there at Wise Guys Comedy mm-hmm. Club, Pauly Shore's Club over there. And, boy, it was so great. Uh, such a great stand-up comic. And, you know, this is what I love about Las Vegas. You know, last week, Chris, my friend Sandy hit me up like, it was like 6, 7 o'clock. She's like, hey, do you want to go catch John Legend? I got second row tickets. I'm like, hell yeah, I will. Not really my genre, but I went and I saw John Legend last week, and I was like blown away because the guy is so talented. His raw talent is just unbelievable. And then uh, my friend Steve Sear, a casino host here in town, uh, as you know very well, Chris. Uh, you know him very well. Yeah. He had me up, and he said, hey, there's this private show at the Smith Center. I can't tell you who it's going to be. Just come on over. She won a Grammy, and I'll tell you about it. And uh, I'll be honest, I've never heard of her before. Even though she's won a Grammy, her name is Judith Hill. 
And I, and I looked her up, and she was a backup singer for Michael Jackson. She dated Prince for a while. Uh, her family, a bunch of great musicians. And I looked her up on YouTube, and, and I'm like, wow, this, this girl can really sing. And I saw her at the Smith. Never been to the Smith Center before. I don't know if you've ever been there. I've never been there. Uh, really cool place. Really, yeah, I've been there a couple times. It's actually really nice. Really nice, yeah, intimate sure. venue we went to. And I was just blown away. I mean, she reminded me a lot about Alicia Keys. Like, really, really, really good. And, uh, you know, when you see that type of musician, it doesn't matter what that's. And, and that's her right there. You can hear her in the background. Really good. Uh, when you hear somebody and you see somebody, even though it might not be your your genre that you, you're used to listening to music-wise, because I'm more of a 90s, I'm still stuck in the 90s alternative yeah. rock guy, I was just blown away by her. And we're like three feet from the stage, and she's playing the piano, she's playing the guitar, her mom is up there playing the piano, her dad is up there playing the bass. I'm like, man, what a talented family. She is so good. And, and it's, just, it's just so refreshing and nice, the last sh- couple shows I've seen, real musicians, right? Yeah. Real musicians that can sing, that can play instruments. I just feel like there's too many... Too much music out there today that sucks, and I guess I sound a little old saying that. You can find good music out there, but I think it's harder to find today than maybe 10 years, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. But anyway, that show was so much fun. I had such a great time, and it was just so cool. And I'm seeing Jerry Cantrell this weekend, one of my favorite musicians of all time. I grew up with him, Alice in Chains. Uh, I'm seeing him this weekend. So, that, you know, it's why I love Vegas. I love this town. You get you get to go to certain events and, and, and run into certain people. Chris, I was in, uh, of all places, the Sahara, the casino over there. And I'm in the elevator, and all of a sudden, guy who walks right in is uh, Daniel Bellinger, uh, who uh, 112th pick in the draft. But when you watched him play, in the, he was one of the Mountain West Conference players of the year uh, for San Diego State, and he was drafted by the Giants. So I ran into him, talking to him and his girlfriend for a little bit. And he grew up here, by the way, in Las Vegas, and he told me that UNLV tried to recruit him, and he was like, hell no. Uh, I, won't, I don't blame him when it comes to UNLV football. He went to San Diego State, and now he has a chance to play in the NFL. I understand fourth-round draft pick, so obviously there's no guarantees, but uh, he's going to get an opportunity to showcase his talents in the NFL. Just a great kid. Well, Huge. that's what's great about the NFL draft, of course, is that, uh, you know, for the athletes that do get drafted, it's a life-changing event, right? Mm-hmm. You're making the transition sure. from college to the pros, and it's the NFL. It's the biggest sports league in the world, so that was a special thing about this weekend, obviously, is having the first ever draft in Las Vegas. No doubt, and uh, Jesse Merrick's going to be joining us, Channel 3 Sports, mm-hmm. coming up in hour number two, and we're going to talk about his coverage. Uh, it was really fun watching Channel 3, and really everybody out there that covered the NFL draft, I thought, did a really good job. All right, so Chris, i got a bone to pick with you, okay? Um, Uh-oh, here we go. We got into this big argument yesterday, and me and Chris get into it. Would we call it an argument, though? The when, dumbest When, when Shap and I get into it, it isn't necessarily devolved into what I would call an argument. It's just more yeah. of a, a discussion where we are very passionate. Well, That's we were, the way I kind of look at let it. Let me get back to Sapphire. For those of you who don't know, Gentleman's Club out there, and uh, we had a lot of fun doing the show out there on Friday, by the way. Right. So a lot of beautiful women everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, most of them topless which I'm not complaining about. We had a lot of fun. So we had a few special guests that showed up, Mac Miller being one of them. He's running for lieutenant governor. He's a character. Mac Miller shows up in a suit at a pool. Now, if that's not weird enough in itself, I don't know. It was a little strange. So a lot of girls coming up to me saying, why is your boy wearing a suit? I said, I don't know, man. Ask him. It was strange. Yeah, it was, it was a yes. little weird. So one, uh, one girl comes over, and she starts talking to me about the radio show that I do and, mm-hmm. all, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, her friend is a musician, and she was interested in coming on the show. Yeah. And I said, sure, I'd lo- love to have you on the show. So we're definitely going to book her to come on. Gave me her number and everything. And uh, so I told Chris that yesterday at dinner. 
And then Chris goes into a whole diatribe with me saying, uh, Shap, the only reason why she came up to you is she wanted money. And I said, Chris, in some cases that would be true, but not in this case. Not every stripper is going to talk to somebody because all they care about is money. Sometimes some people are somewhat friendly. And Chris goes into a diatribe and he starts yelling at me saying, you don't know how strip clubs work. All these girls are after money. And I'm like, dude, I know how strip clubs work. Do, do you not think I know how strip clubs I know. I, uh, okay, so Numchuck Rick and PTL Nation out there, this is the point where I'm going to start uh, have a little description here, okay? Brian Shapiro is the lead host of the show, okay? So Thank you. he's going to Thank frame you. a story. In his own way, I'm and he's going to kind of, and he's kind of, and he's kind of embellishing the situation. No, I'm not, and changing it no, a little I'm bit. No, I'm not. Okay, that's not what I. You, you, you said some things that I did not say directly. I did not say to you, Brian, during our late night diatribe and dinner yesterday at Arizona Charlie's. Okay, that the only reason these chicks are here is to hang out for money. Okay, that's not what I said. Yes, that's exactly you what can't, you said. No. See, now this is where I get the opportunity as a co-host of the show today on Mondays, okay? I'll get a chance to give my side of the story. Okay, okay? go ahead and lie. What you talked about. No, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to talk about it, okay? You started talking about how, uh, you know, one one of the, one of the uh, entertainers, the per- people that work there, had came up to you and had and was talking to you about how, you know what, yeah, I have a friend who's a musician, okay? And, and maybe I possibly would like to come on your show. That'd be great. Okay, that'd be great. And then, and then later on, about... Three, four minutes later in the conversation, you started talking about how, well, yeah, I got a chance. We got a chance. It was so great to be there on Friday. You know, I got to go there. I hardly spent any money at all. And, you know, you know what the thing is, Chris? You know what the thing is? These girls, they like to, you know, they, they wanted to hang out with me and talk to and, and talk to me. They just, they were curious with me. That's, they were curious. I never so you, said you didn't that. say curious? No. You didn't say that. No. Okay, again. So I never said that. Okay, so again, he's the lead host of the show. Can yeah. he, so he can, you know, he can change things around. He can make things That's different. That's not true. So, okay, so. So what I said to him, I said, okay, Brian, I made a blanket statement to Brian out there, okay, people, about KPTL okay, Nation. I've made a blanket statement to Brian. I said, you know what? The women there and the people that work there, they're there for a reason, okay? And it's not, you know, because they want they all, they all genuinely want to just to know all the jamokes that are there, like you, myself, Rick, uh, you know, even Mac Miller and others there. Look, the purpose for them to be there is for what? Is to make money. Yes. All right. Let me jump Their in. Their purpose now. is let me to jump let me make jump money. Okay. And the strip club's purpose now. and the strip yes. club pool, yes. day pool's purpose, yes. is to generate in. revenue. It's not to in. say, oh, yeah, the the, the, the dancers, the entertainers in. there, okay, are not there because Brian Thank Shapiro you. has this yes. electrifying personality, and we just want to hang out with B-Shop. Okay, let me okay? jump in now. First That's of all, what I said. Can I jump in now? Let me jump okay, in. So it wasn't an argument, by the way. First, I'm going to be very. It was gen- just me making a statement and you right. responding. All right, can I jump in now? You can now. I yeah. want to be. Uh, I want to be as genuine as I can, and and I do okay. want to say thank you. Um, I got to be honest with you. I had no idea that strippers were at strip clubs to make money. I really yeah. didn't know that was the case. In fact, I thought they were just there to hang out with good-looking guys like you and, and, and go out. I actually thought strippers were, were only there for one reason and one reason only because they're lonely and they just want to meet men. So thank you so much for clearing that up for me. I really didn't know that strippers were in the business of making money. So I have a quick story for you. It's really Hold super. Hold on, I'm not done yet. quick, Brian. I'm not okay, done well, yet. I'm not done yet. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, let me just thank you for that. Uh, You're welcome. That. You're welcome. It's funny because every time I've been to a strip... The sarcasm's not coming out at all, I'm sure. I'm sure that... The, 
the PTL uh, nation out there is, is listening, saying, every "Wow, time, there's no sarcasm Chris, here at Chris, all." Every time okay, a girl yeah. comes up to me at the strip club, you're you're, you're thinking first, to yourself, my, is, "It's my electrifying personality." Can I finish? And it's, it's how good looking I am. That every they want to hang out with Brian. Shapiro. Every time a girl comes up to me at the strip club, I automatically thought they were only there because they wanted me. Well, I, maybe you uh, did. I don't yeah. know. No, do really, you? no. Do you? I, so again, I guess you do. Thank you so much. You're the one telling me that you are. So is that true? Thank you. Is that true? So much for clarifying that for me. By the way, going out, you plan number two. Number two, number two, I've dated a few strippers in this oh, town that's before. That's good. good for okay? you. Good for you. Those strippers, when I spoke with them, and now I don't go to a strip club to pick up chicks, okay? That's not what I do. Uh, you but don't? with that being said, um, there have been a few times. Of course times, you don't. It's there a strip been, club. There have been a few times. In, why are you shaking so much? Is that sexual tension? What is that? Your, is your this, leg is it, shaking. Is Brian Shapiro seriously talking to me about yeah. bodily movements, involuntary bodily <laughs> your movements? Your leg is moving. You're it's Brian Shapiro. Really weird. It's really weird. Anyway, okay, there have been a few times. I stop. I stop. I've gone to the strip club maybe 10 or 15 times in 20 years. I don't go very often. But the okay. few times I have gone, there have been a few times where a girl has given me their number and we've hung out. Okay? So not every time a girl has come up to me, it's only been about money sometimes, but not every time. And this is a situation where I've been texting this girl for the last couple days, okay? Thank you for the music, by the way, Nubchuck. Been texting for the last couple days. She's super cool. She wants to come on the show with her friend, and it's not about money. So in this situation, you're wrong. Have you ever dated a stripper? Ever. I have not, no. Okay, well, there you go. I'm shocked, by the way, you well, haven't I mean, dated a stripper. I'm shocked. Well, I just shocked. haven't. I mean, I'm I shocked. It's, really not, it's not anything negative. I, there's no negative connotation to the it. Most there's of the women like I, I talk to, to, when I say, I just what, haven't. When, I, when I ask these chicks, what kind of man are you looking for, the first thing they usually tell me is someone who plays Kate Mankino. So I'm shocked well, that you I haven't mean, dated any of these women before. I well, really maybe am. they like Kate. They're, they're, I really I'm, am. I'm sure there's a lot of. Okay. I don't call them Numbchuck. I call them entertainers, by the way. There's probably a lot of entertainers, Brian, that do actually play Kate Mankino and other kinds of Kino in town. I don't know what They didn't have Kate Mankino at Sapphire. That's why Chris left early. Uh, so, Numchuck, have you ever dated a stripper before? I have not. You have not? No. Uh, Rick, would you like to share? Come on in here, Rick, real quickly. Get on the microphone. Come on, Rick. Come on, Rick. Ricky. I, I, I would, I would, I'm going to put Bobby. the C-win betting line is that Rick probably, I say minus 210. He has absolutely dated an, an entertainer. Minus 1,000. Minus 1,000. An adult uh, entertainer. But uh, anyway, uh, Rick has. Yes. I have as well. Not every situation, Chris, when a girl comes up to you at a strip club, is okay, they only I, want okay, money. First of all, this is another thing that Brian does, too. He goes to the extreme one way or the other. Here, he's yeah, going to, now I he's going to the like- extreme the other side. He's saying every single... Okay, I ne- you're putting words in my mouth again. I never said... Every single time, okay, lower your woman, voice. Okay, lower your voice. I never said every single time <laughs> an entertainer wants to engage with you that it's all about money. I never said well, that. Last night, so you're putting words in my. So again, you're wrong. You're putting words in my mouth that I did not use. All right, no, everything is not definite. Everything is not absolute, Brian. Okay, can I you tell can't a story? Say all quick? this or all that? I guess so. You can. We I went to uh, go, we it. went to a strip club called Palomino. Maybe about five or six years ago, we went yeah. with a guy who I don't talk to anymore because he's a racist idiot who does radio in this town. But anyway, that's another story for another show. So we all went to Palomino. It's yeah. the three of us sitting at this table. And we're sitting at the table, and a stripper just randomly goes up to Chris Wynn and sits on his lap. And it was the most awkward moment I've ever seen in my life. Uh, he looks at her, and he goes, what up, girl? And it was just, it was, I died laughing because it was so funny. And then the stripper's Why like. Why is that awkward? That, it was what an awkward What you just described is not was, really awkward. It was very awkward. Numbchuck, help me out here. <laughs> Would you think awkward. that's awkward? Numb hold on. I've hear seen that story? strippers go up to like 75-year-old exactly. guys. Why? So, Brian, right. why would that be awkward? Because it was your reaction. It was very awkward. It was a very uncomfortable reaction. Like, what girl, what guy says, 
what up, girl? Like that. Like it was weird. That's all. It was just. It was a weird interaction. That's all. I was laughing. That's all. But anyway, we've gone yeah. to strip clubs before. Uh, yes. I've gone with Chris before uh, on several occasions, and. I always have a good time. I'm not there to pick up women. It just so happened in this case, a woman gave me her number and we've been texting each other back and forth. And I think Chris is a little jealous. That's all. You, okay. So now you mentioned that he's mentioned that what a second or third time now that a woman gave me yeah. his number. See, he's so jealous. Like, See? You know. He's jealous. No, I mean, it's... he's jealous. That's all. That's all. He's Look, jealous. I, you're a Vegas local. That makes a difference, right? You're, you were doing it. We were doing a radio show from the establishment. So that kind of makes a difference too. So there's also extenuating circumstances surrounding this. Okay. <laughs> Let's, let's kind of point that out. When was so the last a, time a so woman the, actually hit on you? Well, be honest. When was the last time? I want to say maybe a couple weeks ago. Can you tell me what happened? A couple weeks ago. I want to hear the story. Tell me what yeah, happened. I don't know if PTL Nation wants to hear it, do they? I do. I we want to, to hear it. We want to hear it. You want to hear it. I was at Ellis Island, okay? In New York? And or? there's No, Ellis oh. Island oh, okay. in Las Vegas. I'm just asking. Don't get and angry And by the way, I was happened to be playing Kino at the bar. What a shocker. And, uh, Nothing more sexy and than Chris Wynn playing caveman Kino at the bar. Yeah, and, a, and a, <laughs> I can understand why a woman would hit on you. Yes, go ahead. Well, we were, Tell the story. Go ahead. I don't. I don't see. I don't know if I'd necessarily describe it as she was full blown coming out and hitting on me, but there was a, a conversation was initiated. So how does by it start? Her, and then we end up talking. And then she started flirting with me. That and good and looking then, woman. Then she. Then we end up going into. They have, a, they have the one of the best karaoke rooms in Vegas. Of course, yes. yes. Island, we end up there in there and sing a couple songs and. Maybe there was some wooing going on with my Barry Manilow and my wait, Joel wait, wait, wait. Renditions. What song did you sing? Barry Manilow, Copacabana. Oh, did you really? Um, it's one of my go-to songs. And then I also uh, belted out some uh, Billy Joel piano. Hold man. on, let me get this right. Let me get and, this right. So a okay, girl's so, yeah. hitting on you at the bar when you're playing caveman. The fact that she got you away from the caveman kino bar tells me she must have been semi-attractive. Some women in um, I know this might be a shocker to you, B. Shap, but some women <laughs> like stocky, you know, fifty-plus-year-old dudes. All right, hold on. So you have a chick that that's hitting on you. That used to be good looking. And when you have a chick that's hitting on you, and you go to the karaoke bar to sing. Your go-to song okay, is Barry so, Manilow? Again, this is, well, it's one of my go-to songs, period. It doesn't matter if I've I'm seen getting you, hit on or not. It doesn't matter. I was going to say Like a Virgin it's, by it Madonna. That, that was going to be my my guess. I could probably roll into that. I could probably I could probably get a little down with some Madonna when it comes to karaoke. I can see that happening. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So what happened at the end of the night? You sing, and, and do you guys make out? Do you take her back to your place? What happens? Nothing, nothing happened. Because I, Why? It was, it was, she, uh, she actually had a friend that was there. And so she ended so up. So take uh, them both back. So I got a little CB action, actually. If, if I, I can't really say it on the air, so it's C, I'll call it CB. Let's use the initials. CB action. Yeah. Okay. So what does okay, that mean? So if you don't know, you don't know, Brian. Uh, Justin, do you know I, what Justin, that means? I don't even know. What okay. the hell are you talking about? CB okay, action. Okay, I'm using initials CB, and you don't understand what I'm talking about. No, I don't. Okay, well, I'll, I'll tell Can, you off the air. Okay, well, no, uh, yeah. our listeners deserve to know what you're well, talking about. No, I, have no I can't. Idea what I the can't hell you're talking about. Is it a sexual thing? It, uh, well, it's, it's a description of something that's not sexual. Okay. Do you know what it is, Rick? Drugs. Okay. Drugs. Yeah, exactly. Drugs. So he knows. Drugs. No, it's not drugs. You, you guys are both clueless right now. You're both absolutely clueless. No, I got clueless. it now. Okay, he, you got it now. I saw it, yeah. So Shapiro still has no idea what I'm talking about. CB okay. action. Yes. Huh? Okay, so yeah, you can't, you can't say. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now you get it. You got you get it now. You got blocked. You get it now. You got yes. blocked by exactly. who? That's yes. an excuse for I didn't get laid. That's okay. what that well, is. Okay. So he asked me what the result was. I give him the result, and now he wants to twist it into. Why do you always use excuses? For, I'm not excuses You didn't. You didn't uh, finish the job. That's your fault. It's not did, somebody else's fault. You know what? At the end of the day, yes, you're exactly right. I did. Hey, chef. Take responsibility. <laughs> yes. Can we get Chris to sing this? Go ahead. He knows the lyrics. Let's do it. Come on, Chris. Let's do it. 
So uh, for all the women out there that are listening, Don't here we go. Don't fall in love. I need Ron Futrell here with a guitar to get this thing going right here. Or Keep going. Keep going. Her name was Lola. She was a showgirl with yellow feathers in her hair and her dress cut down to there. She would reggae and do the cha-cha. <laughs> Nothing would melt a Talent woman. all over the place. Nothing would. How was I not? How was I yeah. not a professional I'm, singer? I'm so shocked. I'm so shocked. How that am woman, I not a huge star right now with my own after, show on the script? Listen, after hearing that, I am so shocked screw, that that woman didn't take you Cantrell, home. Screw Cantrell. Screw you know our boy Adam Hunter. Screw all these guys. I, I should have a show on the strip. I don't know how. Again, I'm so shocked that that woman didn't take you back home with her after hearing your voice sing that song. It melted me away. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm ready to take you out right now. I'm shocked. I'm sure she was staring at me as like I was the, the most you know unbelievable crooner on stage. I'm I don't, sure but she I, was. No, okay, but has she texted you? Did you get her number at least? Yeah, I have her number. Turn that stupid yeah. song off. It's driving me crazy. By the way, I do have her number. Barry yeah. Manilow uh, got COVID like a month ago, and he had these shows in Vegas. A couple, he had to cancel all the shows. Barry's he, not a young buck. What no, is he? Seventy-seven ish. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm, a, not I'm not big on. Uh, I, I don't know all of Barry Manilow's you never uh, physical went to, see statistics. A show at the but I, I saw his show when it was at. Um, Paris. Okay. Yeah, that was many, many years ago. Actually, that's a funny story. I was actually on a date, and I wasn't C-blocked that night, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I was on a date, and we got tickets, like comp tickets, but they were like way in back. So we walk in, right? And somebody who works for Bayer said, hey, where are your tickets? So we show up to her. Uh, she's like, she walked, and she's like, hey, I got these tickets for you instead. I guess there were tickets that nobody bought. And she puts his first row right in front of the stage. I mean, Barry Manilow and his sexiness like five feet away from me. The whole show. It was, pre- it was pretty cool, That's a actually. great beat right there. That's it a was, great Vegas yes, beat. Yes, it was. It was really cool. I've, I've been, I was very fortunate. I ran very good with Barry Manilow, mm-hmm. and I ran very good with my date that night as well. And I was not C-blocked. So that's the, uh, and by that, I don't mean uh, the C-block uh, at the Clark County Detention Center. Uh, but uh, I, I had a very good night. Put it that way, I had a very good night. So, Chris, the, the the end of this story, so goes it, is that there have been situations where some women actually talk to guys at strip clubs, not because they necessarily want you to go in the VIP room with them and they want to make a lot of money, but they actually are nice people. Because they want to build relationships, uh, is that what you're saying? Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes, okay. yes. I know that's hard okay, for you so, to comprehend. So, okay, so you said there are some. So what would you put the percentage at? What would you put the percentage at that people uh, are looking okay. to engage well, I can only, in, 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 in some type of relationship I, status with, I can only with Brian go, Shapiro? Sure. I can only go okay. by my personal experiences. I'm going right. to maybe – this is a big number, but in 20 years in Vegas, I've probably gone to a strip club, let's say maybe 20 times, somewhere around there. In the 20 times I've gone, there have been about three or four occasions where I actually hung out with somebody outside. So that's almost 25%. That's not too bad. Not terrible. Now that's me. I wasn't necessarily asking about the percentage you have had as far as engaging. I'm talking about what do you think the no. percentage is of entertainers, okay, yes. adult entertainers yes. around – the world, okay, mm-hmm. that work at these establishments, well, whether it be a day pool, whether it be yes. a, a, a strip club, okay, well, and you yes. think that they are there to engage in, in you know, it's in, not, in absolutely okay, so enlightening conversation with They're you. They're not and there to necessarily engage. They're there to make money. However, in some okay, so, so you just, hold on, hold on, you, you let answer me finish. my question. You got to let me finish. There's this. no but. You got to let me finish the sentence. Brian, there's no but. You got to let me finish the sentence. You answer the question correctly, yes. Because sometimes in some situations, there are lavishly good looking men like myself with amazing personalities. And then there are people like you that. More sarcasm. You're right. I like so, it. So, so, so top you know, notch. Once in a while, you get very attractive, very funny, very intelligent radio hosts. And then you get the stocky guys that play Cape Mankino. So, you know, there are different situations. That's all I'm going to say. But, hey, yeah, yes. let's agree on this uh, at least. We all had a very good time on Friday. No question. That was a very Absolutely. good time. Yes, that was It a was an atmosphere Not unrivaled. Me. You want to talk about unique atmospheres and places that, yeah. you know, there's probably only a handful of cities in the world, 
where you'd be in that situation at that time, at that place, that was Sapphire on Friday. It was excellent. Very true. It was great. Yeah, so thank you to them. Uh, we we yeah. all had a fantastic—I know I did. I had a great time. I'm sorry Chris didn't get any numbers, but I did, and I'm, and I'm glad we all had a very good time. But anyway, we got okay, to Okay, so he ended, this, he, ended this, he ended this segment with, I'm sorry Chris didn't get any numbers, but I did. Yes. As if as if B-Shap rolled up into a, into, into a place like that well, and uh, was just lining up numbers, baby. It's B-Shap, baby. You got, you got Don Juan as they come is on the radio. Possible, I'm going to call you the Don Juan of radio. Is it Can possible, I do that? Is it possible is it to get C-blocked at a strip club? Maybe Chris got C-blocked. Anyway, uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we do have to talk about some serious issues, uh, although Marjorie Taylor Greene, not exactly a serious politician, but we will get to that when we come back. Also, in Georgia, there's a new story that is out that uh, there's going to be some pe- subpoenas flying in Georgia. It has something to do with Donald Trump and the election that he says was fraud in 2020. So we'll get to all that. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Yeah, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Monday. So glad you could join us. See you in the house. Uh, Channel 3 is very on Jesse Merrick. going to be joining us hour number two. Talk a little NFL draft and all the craziness that happened in Las Vegas. I want to tell you guys real quickly about my good friend Brian Slipbach, Jackson's Bar and Grill. Uh, I love this place. You walk in there, you say my name. Say my name, B. Say my name. Uh, say my name and the name of this show. You get $10 free slot play. You sign up for a free uh, rewards card over there. And uh, you get 100 points. You get another $20 in free slot play. The place is located at uh, Jones and Flamingo. And that place is uh, such a great place uh, to... Grab some food, play some uh, K Bankino as Chris Wynn likes to play. They got a new promotion, by the way. Uh, you might be interested in this, Chris. Oh, you never hit jackpots anyway, so this doesn't pertain to you. But uh, every taxable hit in May uh, will receive a 10% bonus back in free play. So if you hit a $2,000 jackpot, you just earned yourself a, a, an extra $200 in free play. Really cool. Jackson's Bar and Grill located at Flamingo and Jones. Check it out. Uh, oh, hold on. Wait a second. Uh, we got some. Uh, Breaking news here. Uh, I believe we have uh, Pete DeBoer on the line. Pete DeBoer, the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knight. Pete, I really do appreciate you joining us since we were talking about strip clubs. Uh, have you, maybe you and your wife, ever been to a strip club? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, that sounds like to me you're lying, Pete. Sounds like you have been there before. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He also he also doesn't know why his power play stinks. Uh, he doesn't know that either. There's a lot of things Pete DeBoer doesn't know. But I, by the way, uh, we'll we'll talk a little PGK hockey coming up in hour number two, folks. I don't want to get the letters. Okay, that was not Pete DeBoer live on the show. Uh, we spliced that up. But uh, anyway, uh, Jesse Merrick from Channel Three will talk a little PGK hockey yeah. with us coming up. A little final bit. press conference of the season tomorrow as they have the exit media opportunity. So is your volume on on your on your cell phone? Not anymore. Okay, thank you. Appreciate that. You're a professional, Chris. Come on, you know better than that. Um, Good uh, good work. Speaking of professionals, I'm going to be serious on this, okay? (laughs) I do like Jim Acosta. Uh, I think he's a good reporter. He is. Uh, Opinionated, but uh, I think he does. He's fair, and I think he does a pretty good job. A lot of people on the right don't like him because he holds people uh, on the right accountable. So this is epic audio, Chris. This is funny. It's epic because Jim Acosta is waiting for, of all people, Marjorie Taylor Greene outside of her office in Washington, D.C., 
He gets, you know, right in her yeah, face. Yeah, it's not just audio, it's video, too. Right. You actually get to see gets it. Gets right up in her face with a camera, because if you remember, she's in the news. Uh, she was in the news last few weeks. Well, she's always in the news because she says stupid things, but particularly a few weeks ago because she had to take the stand under oath talking about the insurrection and, and whether she played a role in it or not. Mm-hmm. And, and all of her answers were, I don't recall, I don't recall, I don't recall, because she's a lying bitch. That's why. I will say that on the air. She is. Uh, but anyway... Jim Acosta, this is Jim Acosta running into Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's it's just epic audio. Have a listen to this. Hey, Congressman, can we ask you about the, the martial law text? I don't recall. You don't recall? And you also, I guess you also said you, you didn't recall calling Nancy Pelosi a traitor. Is that right? <laughs> you know, Jim, the problem... You don't seem to recall a whole lot. Well, I... What's listen. going on there? <laughs> You know, Jim, you have a show, and and, in all fairness, you try to present this image of me to your viewers, and it's just really not correct. Well, we're just trying to get some answers. Did you send a text asking for the president to declare martial law? Did you do that? You know, I don't recall those being my text messages, but have you read the text message that is... You, that you're referring to? I did, Because yeah, it actually it was, says if you... It was misspelled, but it well, seemed actually, to say that actually you're it calling says for it, If law. you read it correctly, Jim, your problem is, is you're lying again right now. It says, I do I'm not, not know on those things. That's what that text message but why, actually okay, says. Well, no, why don't this. you be honest? Why even bring it no, up? No, why don't why you Why even be bring up martial no, law? No, you know, your problem is you're just another, one of those liars on television. And people hate it. They can't stand the liars on television. I'm not the one saying I no, don't no, recall, quote, I don't recall, I don't recall. Quote the supposed text message. Quote, quote it. What does it say? I don't well, know on you, those things. If yeah, you want to hang it. on, let's read, let's read it. Read it out loud. Let's read it. Okay, Why don't let's you take be a look. honest for once? Let's take read a look. Read it out loud. Let's take a look. I mean, yeah. my question no, is, No, read is it out loud. Even... What does it actually say? Okay. What is the text message? Read the whole thing. Let's look at it. Okay. Yeah, let's read it. But you're saying you don't recall it. I don't know if that's my text message or not, but okay. if you want to talk about a text message, read the text message. Do something Let's real. Look. Let's take a look. Okay, Let's take read a look. the exact text message I'll that you're it. talking about. I'll read it. I'll read it. Let's take a look here. Oh, we got an article. Why don't Let's you see. find the actual text message? Uh, let's see here. Let's hang on a second. In our private chat with only members, several are saying the only way to save our republic is for Trump to call for martial law. Marshall was nope, not spelled. keep going I with the text message. I don't know on those things. Wait, I just wanted me, you stop. to tell him. I don't know on those they things. Sto- Is that what that says? It says, I don't know on but, those things. But why Wait, hold on, stop. This text message that's supposedly mine, I don't know if it is. What does it right. say? It says some members, and then it but says, wait, hold on. It, it says, I don't know. Wait, I don't know if that's my text. It says, I don't know on those things. Why don't you tell it, that story? No, say, no, 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 no. You're saying you don't no, know if it's your lying. text, but you're, you're being you're a liar. defensive about you it. You know why people do not like why you? Why are you being so Because you're a liar. Why do you want to lie on television for for your viewers? I'm not trying to lie. No, no, you're trying to accuse. No, you're accusing me of something, and then when you read the actual words that tell another story. It right, tells but the you're truth. you're being awfully defensive about there, a text that yeah, you I don't say want, no, you, you know what? Recall. When you want to be honest and you actually want to want to talk about me as a real person and present me fairly, then I'll talk to you, but until then I don't want to have anything to do with you. Let me ask you this. No, I don't want to no, if you're subpoenaed to testify by the January 6th committee. If you're subpoenaed to testify by the January 6th committee. Stop harassing me. I know, but if you are, will you comply with that subpoena? Will you testify? Stop harassing me. I'm just trying to ask you some questions. You're not. I didn't give you permission to. Leave me alone. Hey, you stupid idiot. You don't have to give him permission to. Remember when you did that before you were a politician and you went after uh, one of the kids 
that sadly was in that Parkland school. David Hogg. David Hogg. And you followed him down a public sidewalk and harassed him. But now you don't like when people harass you, you stupid bitch, you. I can't stand you. Uh, By the way, uh, I don't recall, I don't recall, I don't recall. Yet, Jim is right. Boy, you're being awfully defensive about a text message that you claim that you don't recall ever sending, but yet you want him to read the whole thing. Boy, that makes a lot of sense. And by the way, it's such a funny, uh, so funny that she doesn't know how to spell martial law. She spells it like Marshall University. What a dumbbell. (laughs) What a dumbbell. What an imbecile she is, right? It's not like it's one of those difficult (laughs) words either, right, where you can get it mixed up. It's it's pretty fairly self-explanatory. And uh, any, you know, average person that's had any kind of education yeah. whatsoever at the even high school level would yeah. understand that those, yeah. they're completely two different things. And by the way, hey, dummy, it's a public That's sidewalk. A reporter can come up to you and ask you anything they want to. It's a public sidewalk, you dumbbell. That was absolutely her that sent that text message. It was absolutely her that brought up martial law, even though she doesn't know how to spell it. And for those of you saying, why are you calling her the B word, Brian? Why would you do that? That's really mean. Well, I'll tell you why. Because this is a woman who is an anti-Semitic, racist, racist piece yes. of scum. She believes that Jews are pointing laser beams and starting forest fighters, uh, fires. She she attacks black people on every chance she gets. She spreads COVID misinformation. She attacks our democracy by pushing the narrative and helping, by the way, January 6th, the narrative of January 6th. She is an imbecile. She is an embarrassment to this country. She is a racist, evil, anti-Semitic, ignorant bitch, and I will say that over and over again. That's who she is. That's who she is. And anybody that supports Marjorie Taylor Greene, in my personal opinion, you are no better. And Jim Acosta is doing his job. And the fact that McCarthy and these Republicans support her says everything you need to know about them. And if it's somebody on the left, I will say the exact thing. Listen, Ilhan Omar has said some things that I disagree with. You could argue borderline anti-Semitic. But you know what? She listened to people and she apologized. Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, you know, demonized all Jewish people across this world when she started comparing Nazis in Nazi Germany to somebody wearing a mask. Then she went to a Holocaust center and she apologized. And then she did it again. And she continues to use the term Nazi in talking about Democrats because she is an imbecile. That's why. And, uh, you know, it's, we can all disagree with people uh, and have political discourse and disagree. That's fine. But this is a whole nother level. She's a despicable human being. And we need to find better people in office. And, and she's, just, she's just despicable. I mean, she's, I don't know really what else to say about it's her. It's another clear indication that when it comes to politics, right, Brian, when it comes to public office, there's just no requirements, right? You don't have to be – You don't. there's no there's – no, uh, there's nothing you need to have to – you don't have to have any education. You don't have to be – have common sense. You don't have to have any essence of intelligence whatsoever. You just have to get elected. That's that's one that's one of the caveats I have about politics and public office is that you really don't have to be an individual that has any credentials whatsoever. No. Yeah. You just need to be elected. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, people like Matt Gates, people like Josh Hawley are clear indications that, you know, the, the complete lack of common sense, the complete just denial of reality at every turn almost is absolutely shows you what uh, I think something that's wrong with politics is that people can actually get into uh, positions of power that have absolutely no business being there. And Marjorie Taylor Greene is a perfect example of that. Yeah, no, no question of it. Uh, an absolute imbecile. I hope people continue to follow her on public sidewalks and, and ask her about what she doesn't recall. 
But uh, another uh, situation that certainly we're covering, uh, the election lies, the big lie, Donald Trump won the election in a landslide, the January 6th insurrection, and now there's a Georgia investigation playing out as the House Select Committee or has already collected, uh, it seems to me at least, Chris, a mountain of evidence uh, relating to the Trump team's efforts in Georgia to overturn the outcome of the election. Now, if you don't remember what I'm talking about, this was a conversation that the, with, the, with the press uh, secretary of state, I should say, of yes. Georgia and other official members of Georgia. This is Donald Trump on the phone that was recorded talking about how he wanted uh, Georgia to, to overturn. Fine votes. Right. Have a listen to this. Yeah. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. I only need 11,000 votes, fellas. I need 11,000 votes. Give me a break. There's nothing wrong with saying that, you know, uh, that you've recalculated. Well, Mr. President, the challenge that you have is the data you have is wrong. Yeah, yeah, it was See, that's wrong. a great way to, just, to, to come back at Trump the way that he did, right? Because he's coming at him in a reasonable, rational fashion where he's not, but he doesn't want to anger Trump. That the, the way that I think it's Ratzenberger, right, is his name, or whoever the, or the uh, Secretary of State is. Yeah. He's basically trying to say that pre- President, Mr. President, you have no idea what you're talking about. Y- your information is is completely out of line. You're, you're, what you're trying to do right now is unacceptable. Essentially, that's what he's thinking in his head, but he's not. But he's not saying that out loud to Donald Trump. Now, I'll pose this to you, Brian. How do we even examine? Or even think about a man like Donald Trump after hearing that audio. And by the way, there's a lot of other audio, very much the same thing. What happened with Zelensky in Ukraine? The original impeachment, okay, was was a big part of that. It was, you know, it was very much along the same lines. You're trying to pressure somebody into doing something that, and, and you know, you can talk about the legality of it. You can talk about the 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 the, the pure, just just the pure morality of it, but. You're, he's absolutely doing something that crosses a line that is undemocratic, that is that is absolutely against democracy, and trying to you know trying to change an election, trying to, to trying to subvert election results, and now we are in 2022 right now. We are still talking about this man as if he should be the guy moving forward for the Republican Party. To me, it is utterly preposterous at this point. How could we, as the American people, and when it comes to a political standpoint, even consider Donald Trump with any essence of power whatsoever, with any semblance of being a leader in any way, shape, or form mm-hmm. when it comes to the Republican Party. To me, it is absolutely jackassery. It is ridiculous, and it's preposterous. I, I don't even, I can't even, again, I'm using a lot of adjectives there, but it just, it is, it absolutely blows my mind yeah. that Republicans feel right now, Brian Shapiro, right now, in in May of 2022, still want to move forward with Donald J. Trump as the head guy of the party. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Well, my response is I don't put it past anybody in this country. There are still a lot of people in this country that would vote for Donald Trump over most Democrats. I'm certainly not one of them. But, you know, a lot of people didn't think that Donald Trump had a chance to win in 2016. I was one of them. I thought Hillary was going to win in a, in a landslide to use one of Donald Trump's terms, and she didn't. So uh, what I say to myself is I don't put it past a lot of ignorant people in this country. Uh, not everybody that votes for Donald Trump is ignorant, but I think a large portion of them are. 
I don't put it past, and nothing would surprise me these days. Do I think that Ron DeSantis would probably be the front runner in the Republican Party? Yeah, probably. But all I'm simply saying is I don't put it past uh, people in this country to support Donald Trump again. And, you know, I'm in a thread, Chris, with a bunch of Republicans. I'm not going to say what organization, but I'm in this big text thread with like 100 people, right? Mm-hmm. And they sent me some text over the weekend, Republican talking points. And I responded by saying, first of all, take me off this thread. Second of all, I said, you all are a bunch of morons. You all, all you guys think that Trump won the election in a landslide. All you people are so stupid. Take me off this stupid thread. And you all are morons and you shouldn't be allowed to vote. <laughs> that's, that's really what I said. Um, you know, Joey Gilbert, a guy who is running for governor, who's a, who's a clown. Let's just call him what it is. He's a complete clown. Um, he's sending me text messages, you know, calling me names, and yet he wants me to stop uh, going after him on social media, which is absurd. Wait a minute, time out, time out, yeah. time out. He's sending you text messages, and he's yeah. blasting you, and he's, and he's calling you stuff. Yeah. But then yeah. at the same time, he's turning around yeah. and saying, hey, Brian, yeah. don't be so hard on me on social it's true. media. It's true. I think it's time that to read some text sense. messages. Some Joey Gilbert text messages. I'm going to basically paraphrase what he said. Uh, <laughs> there's one word he called me that I've never really heard that word before. It's spelled C-U. I don't even know if I could say it on the air. Um, but it was a really weird term. I had never really heard it before. Um, and then he told me to stop attacking him on social media. And I said, why don't you just come in and we can have this conversation face to face. And he says he refuses to do so until he meets me in person beforehand. Uh, am I allowed to say that word on the no. air? No, I'm not. Okay, I can't say. So he called me a name that I can't say on the air, but it, it, it's a weak man used as a contentious term for a man with moderate or progressive political views, a man whose wife is sexually unfaithful, um, putting you on a blank hold. Well, first of all, I'm not, uh, I don't have a wife. He does. So if anyone's doing that, it would be him, not me. And number two, there are serious people, Chris, running for office in this city. Serious they're people. They're not serious people, uh, right? But well, they're-, uh, they're candidates. So I take everybody's candidacy, and that's a serious thing. When people can yeah. vote you in, that's serious. Maybe they're not serious people, but it's serious when you run for office and there's a chance that you can win. There are people like Joey Gilbert that are running for office in this city, and there are organizations that support him, and there are people that support people like Joey Gilbert, and you people are brain dead. Because if you disagree with Sisolak, fine. If you want somebody else in office, fine. Why would you want somebody running this state that believes in demon sperm doctors, that believes that Democrats created the coronavirus and Donald Trump won the election in a landslide? You're, you're stupid. I, re- I don't really know what else to say. You're just very dumb. Uh, there are ways that we can disagree and have good political discourse uh, and good conversation. But there are people that are running for office that are really dangerous. They're dangerous for Las Vegas. They're dangerous for Nevada. They're dangerous for the country. Obviously, Donald Trump being one of them. Nothing is going to get done in this country, and we're not going to be able to work together if we don't have serious people running. Donald Trump is not a serious person. Joey Gilbert is not a serious person. Oh, yeah, and by the way, the person you want running this state, you want the guy in his first profession who cheated and was banned from from professional fighting for a year for, for substance abuse? I mean, is that the type of person that you want running the state? And then I see that he has this stupid event coming up next month with Michael Flynn and some other cronies. And it's so interesting because these people that retweet supposed doctors about COVID, uh, usually when you, they're, they're like political science people. They're, that they have no medical expertise in hospitals. They don't have any infectious disease experience. Uh, you know, they're not on the front lines. But, but people on the right, they'll, they'll retweet these so-called doctors that have never treated a patient. And these are the people that they, 
you know, retweet, and these are the people, the sources that they use. But you'll, you'll go after somebody like Dr. Fauci with decades and decades of infectious disease experience. But let's retweet the guy that's trying to sell a book in the UK, you know, Vem Miller. We have Ven Miller in studio. Again, he's running for, I don't even know what assembly, whatever position he's running for. I'd never vote for him. 13. 13, is that what it is? Thank you. Probably about the same age group of the girls that Matt Gates has been dating. Uh, but anyway, uh, so Ven Miller comes in studio, and he, he's quoting this author from the UK about COVID. And I said, is this guy a doctor? Is he infectious? Of course not. Of course not. And these are the, some of these Republicans, these are the people that they listen to. You know who I listen to, Chris? And you know this about me. I listen to the real doctors that are on the front lines in hospitals, infectious no disease experts. Why? I, I don't understand. Why? I can sum it up for you, Brian. And I can sum it up for you in, in about 15 seconds why they support these people. It's because they have an R next to their name, Brian. Okay? That, that's why they do it. And because they have a lot of – there's some voters, okay? And by the way, it's not the majority of Nevadans, okay, that, that are – in, in this camp. But there are, yes, there are thousands of people who are conservative, who are actually Republicans, who have supported Republicans for years. And we have friends of ours who are Republicans right. and who have, who have absolutely no intention, no matter how good a person the Democrat would be, no matter how good a person the independent may be that's running, it, it doesn't matter to them. As long as the person has an R next to their name and the voter feels that, you know what, hey, the issues I care about that person that is running under or under the the moniker of Republican, much like Donald Trump did, by the way, in 2016. Okay, he ran as a Republican, and therefore, you know, millions of Americans who happen to be Republicans support him, despite the fact they may not have liked him personally, despite the fact that all the crazy things he said and all the you know all the just absolutely unacceptable things that he said and did, they didn't care. They didn't care. You know why? Because he had an R next to his name, and they knew that the establishment, the Republican establishment, would be able to do things. In his name, with him there. It's the same thing here in Nevada with a lot of these people that are running. That, that answers your question right there. That's why they get support. It's not because they're noble people. It's not because they are you know, overly intelligent people. It's not because they are wired in when it comes to all the issues and that they mm-hmm. make all the right decisions. It's because they have an R next to their name, mm-hmm. and that's why— we have so many have idiots. Support. We have so many idiots in this in, in the state of Nevada. I mean, it's all over the country, but I'm just going to name a few. So many morons in this state. Dean Heller is such a moron. He's such a uh, a, a lying weasel politician. Uh, Dean Heller. He's such an idiot. Uh, Joey Gilbert, Michelle Fiore, another complete moron. Uh, I'm not a big Sheriff Lombardo fan either, but I wouldn't. I'm not sure I would put him in that category. I just I I, I don't think he's a very nice person. But uh, there, there are so many idiots in this city and in this state that are running for office. And it, it's just so sad that we can't find better candidates. I don't care whether you're a Republican or you're a Democrat. These conspiracy theorists, morons. There's one guy that's running for, secre- uh, for Secretary of State. Uh, I saw him, and, and I'm not going to say who he is because uh, I don't even remember his name, but he used to be a TV guy in this town. And he's yeah. running for Secretary of State. And all he wants to talk about is voter fraud and voter integrity. And inside my head when I hear him talk, I'm thinking to myself, you moron, you idiot. Were you talking about voter integrity when Trump was president? Of course not. The only reason why you're talking about it now is because that's the hot topic for Republicans to talk about because they want to make the claim that Trump won the election and all these voter integrity issues. Uh, What happens if you win? Are you going to still talk about voter integrity? Maybe you cheated. I mean, it's so well, stupid. Well, they did win in 2016. What, where were all these people back in 2016, Brian, well, yeah, when Donald Trump actually won the election? And by the way, all of you, a lot of Republicans won 
their elections as well, too. Where was everybody back then yeah. saying how every, everything's not on the up and up and we need to have election integrity? They were nowhere to be found. It was crickets. So, because they're full again, of crap. Non- Brian, when, when you talk about this, when you talk about dealing with Republicans and Retrumplicans, when it comes to election integrity and make and, and stealing elections and all those things, I give people that are going to come at me with that no credibility whatsoever because they don't. You have zero credibility at all if you're going to come at me and you're going to say that Joe Biden was not a duly elected president and that Donald Trump got robbed in 2020. You have no leg to stand on, zero credibility. You are not somebody that should be taken seriously whatsoever when it comes to that topic. I agree, 150. Yeah. percent But the, but the, the sick part about it is like I, I again the stats are like at least three out of four Republicans believe that Donald Trump won the election. I and mean, that's absurd, I right? Mean, it's absurd. Yeah, which which to think about which that. leads me to believe that at least 75 percent of Republicans in this country are complete idiots. I mean, I re- I really don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. So that idiot that he was quoting, his name is Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab. Oh, that that's the uh, the author in the UK. That yeah. So, so it's interesting. The German guy. Isn't it interesting? That's where people get their sources. Like when we're talking about COVID and stuff, they want to bring out studies that happen in Israel or, or some author in the UK. But let's forget about the hundreds of thousands of infectious disease experts and doctors in this country. Let's just throw, they're all liars, right? They're all liars. But let's quote some author in the UK. I'm sorry, I'm never going to invite Vem Miller back on this show. He he. He was respectful. That's fine, but a complete clown when it comes to just about every topic. But all due respect, about. Brian, we have a, we've had a lot of guests. You've had a lot of guests on your show. We had a lot of guests on the show, the show before we did, where there's a lot of people that have zero that that are absolutely have ridiculous views when it comes to Dr. Fauci, when it comes to Dr. Burks, when it talk, comes to Dr. Hahn, people who are actual infectious disease experts. We have a we've had, and I've, ta- I've we talked about this at nauseum, you and I, across the board. There's just so many Americans out there that are uninformed, that are armchair wannabe public health experts, right, that, that think that they can weigh in intelligently when it comes to coronavirus and COVID-19, and they have absolutely, positively no idea what they're talking about and, and, and should be given no credence whatsoever yep. and should not be listened to. And you talked about a number of them. And unfortunately, there's a lot of politicians out there that are exactly that, that, that have absolutely no business even chiming in when it comes to this topic. Well, I agree with you. I agree with you 150 yeah. percent, and um, it's sad, the state of affairs we are politically today. I'll tell you somebody who I do respect a lot, a very nice person. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting her, a fresh new candidate for lieutenant governor for our state of Nevada this year. She's Eva Chase, transgender woman, an independent progressive candidate, supports uh, veterans, the LGBTQ community, voting rights, and Black Lives Matter. Lived in Vegas for 15 years, and she has an event at the uh, Las Vegas Trans Pride organization this Friday, May 6th, from 12 to 2 p.m. That's at 727 South 9th Street, uh, Suite B. So check her out. She's going to be speaking there. And uh, tell her that I sent you to. She's a very nice lady, and she's actually going to be joining us in studio on Thursday. He is Chris Wynn. I am Brian Shapiro. Uh, You know, we've had... Uh, some well, we had a lot of good-looking ladies join us uh, at the Sapphire Pool, or, or I should say, we joined them at the Sapphire Pool on Friday. Now we got a good-looking guy coming in studio. Shapiro, man crush alert! Yeah, Nunchuck well, Brian's 
Don't Shapiro get me wrong. Man's crush alert. Don't get me it's wrong. Coming in. Don't get me wrong. Brian, I gotta admit, I'm, I'm kind of there too. Brian Salmon's a good looking guy. These are TV people. You He's know, a smooth looking cat. We're, I will we're, say ra- that. we're radio people. So right. Jesse Barrick from Channel Three Sports is going to be joining us next. Talk a little NFL draft action. A little VGK hockey. Uh, they're not playing anymore because they're not in the playoffs. But I want to get his take on that. Of course, we got the Aces season right around the corner. What happened to the my Boston Celtics yesterday? We'll get to all that with Jesse coming up next. And Chris Wynn's going to stick around. Hour number two as well. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Welcome back. Pushing the limits on a Monday, ladies and gentlemen. So glad you could join us. It's always interesting, the stuff that happens here in studio when we're off the air. Our producer, Rick, came in here, and I guess Chris, sometimes he's very slow moving things around. I'll take Rick's side on this one. Sometimes Chris is a little slow. So Chris got, we're all in bad mood today. Chris might be in a bad mood, too. And Chris called our producer, Rick, a jamoke. I've never heard that before, Chris. What does it's that mean? It's my new favorite word. I heard it like three <laughs> days ago, so now I'm just calling everybody that. It's great. What does it I mean? Like it. I don't even know what that... I never heard anybody just, call somebody a jamoke. Dude. I think it's just a guy. I don't think it's anything <laughs> So you special. can't call a stripper a jamoke, not, a, a female stripper? So. No. I think it's just for... for uh, it's a male moniker. Uh, jamoke. A, a, him, okay. a him moniker. I don't think it's something you can use. I'm going to buy you a like shirt that says, you're a jamoke. Yeah. I'm going to find that somewhere on eBay, and I'm going to buy that. Anyway... You know, unlike Chris and, and Justin, you know, I mean, it, we all have faces for radio in this town. But the guy, the guy we have in studio right now, he's a TV guy. He's been Speak on this show before. yourself over there, big guy. Channel Come 3 Sports, very own. He's had a very busy couple days, so I appreciate him coming in on his day off. Channel 3 Sports, very own. Jesse Merrick joining us in studio. Jesse, what's going on, man? How's Not much, man. I'm doing well. I feel like I've just been on a bender for the last, like, week with the draft. I, like, woke up this morning and was like, whew. What hours okay, are you working? Sleep. Like, how many hours a day have you been working the last week? Honestly, like, this is going to sound like an exaggeration. Probably, like, anywhere from, like, 14 to 16, 17 hours. Like, I mean, we're we're up, like, super early. 14 to 16 day. hours a week? Yeah, man. I, oh, no, no, a day, a day. Or a day. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's what Shoot, I meant. I wish it was a week. I work about 14 <laughs> hours a week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 14 was, to 16 hours a day. Okay, so you must be absolutely exhausted. Uh, So tell me how this week has gone from the get-go. I mean, obviously, you're covering all the red carpets, right? You're doing all these interviews. Who are some of the famous people that you've been able to do interviews with over the course of the last week? Man, I mean, it was kind of wild. Honestly, I, I we we talked to Eric Allen because we were at the Raiders draft party. Mm-hmm. That, on that one, Brian was actually... So the way that the NFL did it is you only had two credentials per outlet for the actual red carpet. Mm-hmm. So Brian and one of our photographers were down there. So I didn't get to do that part of it. But we talked to a bunch of people over at the Raiders party. Uh, we were talking to Eric Allen. We tried to get Charles Woodson. He wouldn't. He, he didn't want to come over and talk to us. He's a little busy. He was slinging that whiskey and everything you know <laughs> uh we talked to aj cole we talked to daniel carlson um i'm trying to think who else we talked to I, there were so many people at that raiders party it was kind of a blur what was your favorite event that you covered i mean i the actual nfl draft to me is a little bit boring yeah uh but there are so many parties in town and so many crazy events like what was the one thing you covered this week you said wow that was a lot of fun yeah for me honestly it was that raiders party it yeah. was just crazy because it was up on top of dre's you know you're right above where the red carpet is you get to look down and see you know the massive nfl fans just cruising around everywhere and and the party itself was cool because it was like the Raiders didn't have a first round pick they already won because they got Devontae Adams so they're just kicking back having a good time everybody was having a blast like we were down there doing live shots all night you know talking to everybody it was was a lot of fun we were we were really real busy down there but the setup was cool it was just such a good time 
and like not even to like gas the Raiders up, but like they just did a great job, you know, hosting a cool celebration. Like it, it was cool to see our city kind of get that. A lot of celebrities in town. A lot of uh, not only current NFL greats, but prior NFL greats yeah. uh, that were in town. Like people like Emmett Smith, you know, guys like that. Were I've in heard town. of him before. Uh, pretty pretty cool stuff. So I mean, I, I for me anyway. Uh, I never thought that the NFL draft uh, would come to Vegas this soon. And now we got the Super Bowl coming up here. All in all, do you think it was a pretty good week uh, for, for Vegas? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think this kind of proved, like, look, nobody does a draft quite like Vegas, you know? And obviously, we're a little biased because we live here. Mm-hmm. But I'd imagine, you know, if I'm Roger Goodell hopping on the plane, leaving after this weekend, I got to be like, man, what do we got to do to get this here every couple of years or get this in the rotation? Because, I mean, if I'm looking at, what is it, uh, Kansas City next year? Is it Detroit the year after that? No offense, mm-hmm. C-Win, but I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're going to follow up Vegas with those cities? Right, I mean, right. come on. You know, you mentioned Roger Goodell, and we had Oscar Good. I'm a friend of Oscar Goodman's. He comes on the show all the time. Doesn't have a lot of nice things to say about Roger Goodell. <laughs> and he called Roger Goodell an idiot on our show the other day. And I don't know if I'd call Roger Goodell an idiot. I think he's more of two-faced. Uh, he's very two-faced. He's all about the league making money, but then when it came to Vegas and gambling, he was so anti-gambling, and yeah. yet you have, like, I think the stat was six or seven out of ten people that are watching an NFL game have always had some sort of action on the game, either legal or illegal action. And now he's in Vegas, and he loves Las Vegas, and he's so pro-Las Vegas, and he doesn't say anything negative about gambling. Where was this five or six years ago? I just think he's so phony, and he's so two-faced. But the reason why the owners love him is because he does a good job making sure that the owners are making money. He's a smart businessman, but I don't think he's a a players type commissioner like uh, for example the commissioner of the NBA right now he's more of a players commissioner the yeah. players respect him uh, I don't think that's the case with Roger Goodell but what do you make of Roger Goodell now Jesse mingling around Las Vegas having such a wonderful time where he had nothing but bad things to say about his about this city before the Raiders got here yeah it is pretty wild it's that big about face when you see you know the dollar signs kind of pop up in right. there but <laughs> I, I gotta tell a quick little story time I'm kind of forever debted to Roger Goodell because I probably wouldn't work in this business if not for him no way no no personal connection to him I just, you know, to use your buddy's word, <laughs> made him look like an idiot in an interview when I was an intern, and my boss loved it and was like, hey, man, we're going to hire you. <laughs> what did like, you say? How did you I, make him look like an idiot? I caught him in a lie. We were, it was when the NFL, they were talking about bringing the NFL to L.A., and he had basically said, you know, something to the effect of, uh, you know, we're, we're, uh, we like our teams where there are. We're not going to move any of them, all this stuff. And I was like, well, okay, you said the expansion wasn't the key, so what is it? What are you going to end up doing? And I'm sitting there, you know, terrified because I'm like, I'm arguing with this guy that's the commissioner of the NFL, and I'm at the time, I think, uh, man, I think I just graduated college, you know, yeah. and, and he was like, well, uh, uh, and like couldn't spit it out, and it was just like sitting there, and I, my producer was like, dude, that was great. Nobody's ever put a commissioner in that like situation before, and I'm not that like, ha-ha, gotcha type of journalist guy, but, but like, here you are, you're you know? what, 20, 21 years old? Uh, <laughs> oh, at the time, I thought you were talking about now. No, I mean, well, <laughs> no, you yeah. could pass that yeah, now. No, at the time, yeah, So you're 20, like a 21. 21-year-old, yeah. and you're making the commissioner look like a fool, and you're doing a good job at it. Yeah. That's my point, though. I mean, that should never happen. If you're the commissioner of, of any uh, professional no, league, football, basketball, hockey, whatever, you can't allow that to happen. And and that's my point with him is that he, he does lie a lot. Uh, he does switch his takes on certain issues. He, I feel like you're never really getting the real Roger Goodell, you yeah. know, and, and that's unfortunate. But the bottom line is the Raiders are here. The NFL draft was here. It was a great week, a lot of fun. I didn't get a chance to actually go to the grounds of where the draft was. I'm sure you were there. What was that like? It was insane. Right on Sahara, right, right there, right near Sahara. Yeah, where, yeah, it was yeah. right, right yeah. across over there, uh, right behind the uh, the right high roller. Flamingo, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. Flamingo. Was, yeah. I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah, it was. It was a cool. It was just a cool scene, you know, to see it. Like, I mean, uh, we we did some live shots over at like the fan experience, you know, where they had like the field goal set up where people could kick field goals and mm-hmm. to pretend like they're throwing touchdown passes, and uh, you know, they had the whole museum with all the trophies and everything like that, and all the helmets. 
helmets and it was just cool to see like our city kind of set up with so many different NFL fans you know uh, you know obviously during the year we see you know opposing fans come in but it's a little different when it's something like this when you have all 32 teams represented in like force you know and right. that was just really cool to see uh you know the setup for the stage was obviously massive mm-hmm. um you know just seeing the crowd pour in there was was insane it was one of those ones where like I, i'm not from vegas i've been here for three years i just kept thinking about like so many people that i know that were born and raised here that were like man we've been waiting for this moment for so long and i've had so many of those conversations since the draft was here that it's crazy just the sense of pride that the city had mm-hmm. you know being able to host something like that sure jesse what'd you think about the makeup of the draft as far as player selections now Look, man. Normally, when the NFL draft rolls around, we're talking about the big time quarterback, right? Last year it was Trevor Lawrence, of course. A lot of times it'll be an Andrew Luck or a Peyton Manning. Usually, the focus will be on big time offensive players. Wasn't the case this year nope. in this NFL draft. As you had defensive players starting with Walker as the number one overall pick, where defensive players really were the focal point of round one. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I don't know the exact year, but I remember leading into the draft. You know, a lot of people were down on the quarterback class mm-hmm. and were saying, you know, is this going to be the year we don't see a quarterback taken in the top ten? Mm-hmm. Let alone, you know, as long as it went with Kenny Pickett at yeah. twenty, I believe, yeah. to the Steelers. So I mean, you know, that was just wild. I figured that would be the case, but I thought once Pickett went. I thought maybe there'd be a bit of a run on a run on those guys, mm-hmm. and then it what wasn't until like the third or fourth round that we saw the next guy go. That's just crazy. So for me, like just kind of being petty, I hope these guys all ball out and like prove the NFL and all the evaluators wrong because that's just kind of crazy that they sat around for that long. But it was interesting. Mm-hmm. The thing that got me too is this was a really talented receiving class, you know, and, and and so I expected there'd be a lot of those guys go, but I didn't think we'd see the run that we did on them and teams trading up for them. You know, there were so many of them in there. So I'm real curious to see that. I'm a little, you know, biased because I was a receiver. You know, I love yep. watching that position. But that was crazy. And also the other thing that stuck out is the Jets didn't blow it. <laughs> so speaking of receivers, Jesse, that's where yeah. really things started to get wild, right? After the number 10 pick in the draft. That's when the trade started flying, guys. And things got yeah. really interesting. Mm-hmm. And you had basically six wide receivers between pick 8 and 18 that went, Jesse. And we're talking about guys who we think are going to be some big-time players in the NFL and uh, some some teams really uh, uh, built their, themselves up when it came to that position, a wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, Jameson Williams, mm-hmm. you know, right off the bat. I know you're happy about that pick I right absolutely there, am, you know? yes. Yeah, he's yeah. a certified stud. Yeah, he's got the ACL, but ACLs aren't what they used to be in mm-hmm. terms of the recovery process. Guys have shown that they can come back from that, and I think – People that really know what they're talking about and evaluating stuff said, like, this is guy, this guy is no doubt the best receiver in this class. Mm-hmm. And they had the whole, I, I just laugh now because I'm like, you're, 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 I get it, you're drafting this guy to get him for this year. But at the end of the day, like, you're drafting these guys fresh out of college. If you're, if you hit, you're going to have them for so many years. Right. Who cares if you don't have them the entire year? Like, it's crazy to me yeah. that people like slide on, on, you know, guys like that with an ACL. You know, it's not like some oh. insane injury anymore. So those are the things that like stick out to me, but also seeing the Saints trade up and they got Olave, right? Yes, they got Chris Olave. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's a really good pickup. You know, you pair him with Michael Thomas, two guys that obviously, you know, have good chemistry Mm -hmm. together. Um, You know, I think that will also maybe help with the issues that are going on there with Thomas, you Mm -hmm. know, maybe having one of his guys there. So that was a good pickup for me as well. If you're just joining us, he is Jesse Merrick, uh, the lavish-looking gentleman joining us in studio. <laughs> Channel 3 Sports, they do a great job over there. B-Sal is out there covering uh, Aces Media Day mm-hmm. today. When I'm- he's not playing in celebrity hoops game, yeah. guys, yes. and got up there getting his jumper up, Brian. Dude, okay. Hey, I got to jump Jesse. in on that. I don't okay. know if you guys saw the story that he did on uh, Saturday. It was. I saw his live shots. Yeah. I was watching him well, live on TV. He always talks about his jumper being so wet and all this stuff and <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Well, okay, so he takes it at the end. I didn't see it because we don't have a program monitor out when I was doing the live shot. Mm-hmm. 
but he missed. He's like, oh, wait, watch this. Takes a shot, and he yeah. missed. Uh, can I just tell you this right now? Ask Brian Salmon. We had we had several shooting contests. Ask him who won every one. Ooh, I'm going yeah, to. Yeah. Go ahead and ask him what he gives an answer on. Now, take it there was nobody playing defense. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Brian Salmon, uh, good athlete, good basketball he player. Is. Not a great shooter. Jesse, Ooh. I will, Jesse, Ooh. I will Not say. Not a great shooter. B-shot, <laughs> Shots B-shot, fired. When he's standing still, he's a set shooter. Talk, <laughs> this is Larry Bird-esque over here. Look, okay. there's a Celtic guy. He has a very Larry Bird-esque approach to shooting. I do. He, and yes, he's definitely, the guy can make shots. I will say that. So I'm going to vouch for B-shot on that. I'm Thank calling you. Brian out on this 100%. Next According time to Chris, you. I can make shots, but I but I can't pick up But uh, if anyone's strippers. playing defense can't on him, you're that. screwed. But, but if he's yeah. standing still, can't Jesse, do that. He's, got some, yeah. he's got some game. Appreciate that. I got games. So now I'm the white version of Ray Allen. Thank you very much. Uh, all right. So, Jesse, uh, w- when talking about the draft, I'm not a big draft guy per se. Yeah. I don't find it extremely exciting. Listen, no question. This was great for the city. Everything went smooth. It went well. It wasn't like NBA All-Star Weekend like 12, 13 years ago. My favorite part of any draft is the moment where a, a kid's dream comes true. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, you being a receiver, D- uh, Daniel Bellinger from San Diego State, great player. Mm-hmm. So, listen, he was drafted 112th uh, by the New York Giants. I ran into him at the Sahara. Uh, I was grabbing some food at the Sahara, just ran into him, and it, it was like literally an hour after he just found out that wow. he was drafted. He's hanging out with his mom, his girlfriend, and his sister, and you could see, like, he's emotional, you know? Yeah. And I ran into him, and I shook his hand, because he's a Vegas kid. And I shook, shook his hand, and you could see... Um, you know, the moment you realize that, oh, my God, my dream's going to come true. Now, listen, you're, you're drafted uh, in the fourth round. There's no guarantees, of yeah. course. But you can see how much it meant to him. And the moment when these kids finally hear their name, to me, that's the most special part of the of the NFL draft. And just talking to him, and you can see how much it meant to him, all the hard work that you put in to finally get yeah. an NFL team to say, hey, we want you. Uh, it's pretty cool, man. It's a pretty cool moment, really, in any draft. And uh, I thought that was really special. That's my favorite part. Yeah. It's just seeing them hug their mom, their dad, uh, whoever it may be, and just you know getting choked up. Was there a moment that you saw throughout the draft where you said, "Wow, that was that was pretty special"? Yeah, well, just the raw emotion, one hundred percent. I mean, that that gets me every time, you know. Because again, you said you think about it. You know, I've been in their shoes, not at the level that they were, but I've been in their shoes in the sense of the hours you put in in the weight room, on the practice field, studying film, doing all those things. Mm-hmm. And I did that because I loved it. I couldn't imagine getting a payday of millions and millions of dollars for right. it, and being able to go right. do that as your job. I mean, it's yeah. unbelievable to see, it. And, and it's really. You know, one of those things where it's a community of people that help that kid get to that level. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. But for me, uh, you know, my, my favorite moment of the draft, and I'm blanking on dude's name, but the uh, the guy that played for the Vikings, the actor that was up there, and he was just kept talking over and over and over, and he wouldn't shut up, and he wouldn't announce the pick, and they had to have the one of the production assistants come up and basically give him <laughs> the hook and be like, hey, read the card, dude. Read the card. I didn't see that. Yeah, oh, it was hilarious. He went going. I, I ran it last night in my spotlight. And I don't know why I'm blanking on his name, but um, it was hilarious. Just would not stop talking. And this goes on for so long. Yeah. And then finally, there even the guys on the broadcast are like, dude, just announce the pick already. <laughs> and then literally someone did. He's like, all right, all right, I'll do it. Do we actually have the audio? Can we, can we play that? I, I actually didn't. For whatever reason, I didn't. There it is. Here we go. Sport coat is not easy. But I did it. And I hope you appreciate it. The significance of me being here was that 50 years ago, I was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. I, I know, I know what you're thinking. I look pretty good for my age, but in my little apartment in Ithaca, New York, at Cornell University, and Jim Finks, the general manager. I love it. It's a new and, residency and here honest, in Vegas. 
they weren't on the top of my list for teams I wanted to be drafted by. Look out. In fact, there was only one team that I wanted to be drafted by less. Oh, my goodness. But I'm not going to mention Green Bay. <laughs> I see those cheeseheads over there. Anyway, it was a great experience. Got to play in two Super Bowls, and now 50 years. Just shut up already. Exactly. And he keeps going. He's still going. Yeah. They, and, like, I heard that the girl that had to go up there and give him the hook was, like, mortified. And I get it. But it was like, dude, just read the card already. And I thought that was classic. You know, he's still talking. Yeah. That's ferocious ad lib game right there. Yeah. He just kept on going and no, kept on going. He had that plan. You know he had his material ready to roll. <laughs> go, go, baby. Anyway. Is he going to get to the early? If we, there go. Read I, the, I can't read the card. She wants to read the card. Okay, so they tell him to read the card. Can I just say this? What a selfish moron. This isn't about you, Ed Mariano. I don't even know who you are. Uh, this isn't about you. This is about the kids that are being drafted. If you want to make a 10 or 15 second joke, I don't have a problem with that. It's yeah. a pleasure to be here. I love Las Vegas. Uh, you know, and, and maybe say a couple of quick things. No problem. But we're not here to see you, Ed. Okay? Yeah. We are I'm doing like Chris now. Okay? Okay? We're not here to see you. Okay? We Brian, are, why do you sit on the fence with your opinions? Why are you so, you know, you, yeah, you, come you, on. you, you what an take idiot. a stand for once, tell us okay? Really Actually, what a tell, moron. Us what, tell us what you really believe, man. NFL, please don't come invite here. that moron back to the NFL draft. Hey, he was he was the head coach God. of the mighty Blue Mountain State Goats, you know? What a, he's the goat. God, what, what are you doing? Just read the damn card, you stupid idiot. Oh, but, man. Jesse, it is a great thing, right? Because it's yeah. a transformation, right? It's these guys, that, they have, they're playing in college. What a jamoke. What a jamoke. You're taking a step to the next level, Right, and yeah. you're actually, you know, realizing your dream of playing in the NFL. And for a lot of these kids, they end up. Be, it, you go from being just a college kid yeah. to being the guy that's going to be the bearer. Right? It's going to be the, the essentially the the uh, the breadwinner for the families. Mm-hmm. Right? You end up being the guy. You end up being the brand. And we saw it all over town. We saw uh, Aiden Hutchinson was uh, running some of his videos uh, from his after draft party where it's his family, yeah. it's all his yeah. friends. And a lot. Of, and it was a lot of that this weekend here in Vegas where players and their families and their friends and their entourages the, around town. The, yeah. This might be the most important question, Chris, that we asked Jesse, mm-hmm. uh, at least today, and Uh-oh. that is – with the NFL draft in town, there are a lot of attractive women that were in town as well. Did you have any cougars? You, I, I've been known from time to time that some cougars do like Jesse's a good, lavish, good-looking guy. Were there any cougars? Maybe some uh, football moms. Uh, maybe some uh, their 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 young uh, son at nineteen twenty, not that young, twenty one, drafted, and maybe they want to go out and have a good time. They want to meet a lavish-looking man like yourself that does TV. <laughs> have any? Uh, were there any cougars that that were uh, appro- approached you uh, this week? That's. Would you agree that's an important question? I think it is something that America wants to know, Jesse. <laughs> yeah. That question. You know, look, at that Raiders party, there were a lot of uh, older women who, who really enjoyed Brian and I. Let me just say that. Yeah. I mean, we took more pictures than I think I ever have in my life at any live shot. It was, it was, it was really funny. We were... Even Brian and I were laughing. We're like, man, this is crazy. Like, we, we felt like rock stars. It was it was nuts. So just random women coming up to you taking pictures. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the suit that Brian – you know, you guys know Brian dresses very well. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I try to dress very well, Not too. Not me, and, by, by the yeah. way. I'm the opposite of Brian Salmon. I <laughs> Brian just want to be Salmon. clear on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, you know, the suit that he had on that day was a really great suit. And yeah. I couldn't tell you the amount of times – and he, he, he would love this if he was listening to this. And the amount of times people walked to him, up, to, up to him and were like, man, who are you? 
what do you do? What, like all of a sudden, I mean, he he felt like he was a superstar, and me just by association next to him, you know. It now was, explain to it me great. how this works. So so you're working, obviously, you want yeah. to be professional. Yeah. But if you have a really attractive cougar that comes up to you and she's flirting with you and she asked you for a picture, <laughs> do you mingle with her, or do you say to yourself, "I have to be professional. I'm on the clock," or do you do you do you, do you say something like, uh, you know, hey, maybe we can you know grab lunch tomorrow or grab a drink after my 16 hour shift? Like <laughs> like like how does that work? Do you ever do that or like what? Explain I mean, that to me. You know, hey, look, I went and had a good time on uh, on Thursday after the draft. I'll, I'll say that I had some friends in town from college. You know, I went to Tal that night. Evan Neal was actually there. One oh, of nice. the uh, one of the guys that got drafted. Yeah, nice. Uh, it was a good time. Uh, DJ Mustard was playing. Yeah. I'm sure you guys know him. <laughs> and, uh, DJ Mustard. <laughs> but no, I know yeah, there was, was a marshmallow in town. I know oh, DJ yeah. Marshmallow was like one of the headliners. I know, I'd never heard of him. I know DJ Relish. I do not know yeah. DJ Mustard. But no, he's I big with the kids. I hear yeah. that's what I, that's what yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. So so Jesse. I'm not going to ask him if he scored any touchdowns during NFL Draft Week. Because that would be an inappropriate question to ask. I will not do that, but it did sound like you had a very good time. So you didn't meet Stifler's mom. Is that what you're trying to say? Sadly, I did not. No, <laughs> fair it enough. Was more so in my age range. But. Fair enough. Fair. That, that is very, very fair. All right, so here, I, I have to um, switch topics a little bit here. And obviously, it was a great week for Vegas, and the NFL Draft is coming mm-hmm. back. There's no question about that. But we got to get into the Vegas Golden Knights a little bit. I haven't really gone too far into the Knights with you. Yeah. I talk to Brian about the Knights all the time and a lot of other media members in town. We all know what they've accomplished, right, Jesse? We all know the last several years have been incredible for a new franchise. Uh, nobody can take that away from them. And, and I always preface it by, by starting to talk about that. However, that doesn't mean they're not open to criticism. And I get the sense that management, the Knights, they don't like criticism. A lot of criticism to go around. I think yeah. it starts with getting rid of Gallant. Uh, the goalie situation with Mark andre Fleury was an absolute joke. The whole goalie situation with DeBoer and Leonard, absolute joke. I understand they've had a lot of injuries this year. I get that. And that's a big part of this. There's no question about that. McCrimmon has made some mistakes. Management has made some mistakes. I'm not sure Pete DeBoer is the right guy for this job. That's kind of my opinion in a nutshell. They're having their, their exit interviews, so to speak, tomorrow, mm-hmm. end of the year. We know they didn't make the playoffs. What are your thoughts on this year? Man, it's 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 a lot to unpack. I'll say that. you know. And there's going to be a lot of changes. I, I could only imagine being in Bill Foley's position right now and, and thinking, hey, what's going on? And you know, Because uh, to your point, they they need to be open to that criticism, and again, I don't think that they are. But you know, it, just like the players and coaches say, you know, we're gonna just take it game by game. You know, you know, they don't rest on their laurels during that in the season. Well, it's the same deal. You know, when the season's done, you got to answer for the mistakes that you guys have made. And you know, for me, I agree with you with the goalie situation. Look, obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty and all. But to me, it's like, man, and this is no knock on Robin Leonard. I know you and I kind of have differing views on him, but I, I think. Why not hold on to Flurry? You thought at the time Oscar Dance was the next guy. Next guy. Mm-hmm. Well, you also have Logan Thompson in the organization. Ride Flurry when he's playing at a Vesna level, not showing any signs of slowing down. Ride him out with those young guys and let right. them battle it out and figure out who the heck the guy's going to be. Do you feel like, Jesse, you go to a lot of press conferences, a lot more than me. <laughs> Do you feel like this is what it sounds like when you go to a uh, Pete DeBoer press conference? Because this was one press conference. So Pete DeBoer, if you ask him a question, like, for example, uh, Pete, do you know when Robin Leonard's having surgery? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that's every Pete DeBoer press conference. He just doesn't know. Yeah, look, and I'll be, I, I like Pete. I really do. I think he's a good guy. I do think he's a good coach too. But the whole the whole thing at the end here with the whole Robin Leonard situation was weird. It was very, very, very weird. And I like to me, it felt like he was throwing Leonard under the bus with the way that things were handled. 
but also maybe kind of taking a shot at the the higher ups at his bosses of mm-hmm. like he's healthy he's, we pay him to start right. these games so it's like I, I don't I don't quite know I still can't wrap my head around all of that that whole situation was just so crazy to me so there's what I've heard from Brian Shapiro's sources I have a few good ones Chris yeah. knows who I'm talking about what I've heard is that McCrimmon is a cancer to the Vegas Golden Knights Whew. what I've heard is the players don't like him uh, a lot of coaches don't like him and he's just uh, a guy that he calls all the shots and. That's where it starts to me. Now, I understand that DeBoer and Leonard, from what I understand, do not have the best relationship either. What I understand is the game where Logan Thompson was in after the first period and Leonard got pulled. That was dysfunction in the locker room after the first period. Had and, to be. Uh, yeah. Uh, there was something going on there. And DeBoer doesn't want to speak up about it. They're very close to the vest, the entire organization. Uh, I personally believe you get rid of McCrimmon first. I believe there's. Uh, if you get rid of McCrimmon, listen, I'd get rid of DeBoer as well. I'd start fresh. You bring Marc-Andre Fleury back in here. We all know Fleury Oof. would like to be, come back as a Vegas Golden Knight. It's not going to happen if McCrimmon is here. No, it's not it going to happen if DeBoer is here. You get rid of those guys, you keep Robin Leonard. Because I believe under different management, Leonard would want to stay. Because I do believe Leonard likes Las Vegas. You bring Marc-Andre Fleury back as your starting goaltender. We probably don't disagree that much on Robin Leonard. Uh, I don't think he's a great goalie. He's a good goalie. He can start on some teams. Good goalie. Bring him in here as the backup to Mark andre Fleury. Play him as much as you want during the regular season. Bring Fleury back. You win over the fans again. There's a lot of disgruntled fans. Yeah. Getting rid of Turk, getting rid of Nate Schmidt, for example. Uh, there are others that I can name, uh, but obviously the Fleury situation uh, disgruntled a lot of fans, and it was a stupid move. You cannot tell me. It'd be one thing if they got... I don't know. I'm just giving an example here. Like an Eichel-type player for Mark andre Fleury. An yeah. Eichel-type player. Then you say, okay... You know, maybe I don't agree with it. Maybe I do. But at least you got an all-star caliber. But they got an AHL player that they cut three days later. Yeah. You got nothing for the face of your franchise. Make no mistake about it. Mark andre Fleury was the face of this franchise. Uh, I'm not saying there weren't a lot of other factors involved that, 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 that helped win them a lot of games. But you get rid of these fan favorites. Even Ryan Reeves. Listen, Reeves is not a guy that's going to score goals, right? He's your enforcer. The fans loved him. And I know you don't make decisions based on what the fans want to do. No, but yeah. he helped the team chemistry in the locker room. Flurry, fun guy to be around. Players loved him. Reeves, fun guy to be around. Players loved him. Nate Schmidt, fun guy to be around. Turk, players coached. I haven't heard one player say anything negative about Turk. They love him. Look at what he's done in New York. These are decisions that the Knights have made that have not worked out. They've been bad decisions. You can, you know, talk about injuries till the cows come on, which I'm sure they'll do tomorrow. But the bottom line is they've may also made a lot of mistakes. And I think sometimes you create your own luck. And I think this season. The headliner should not be injury-plagued nights. It should be mistakes made by management and dysfunction. Yes, injuries are in there somewhere, but to me that's not the number one story. Do you? What, are your, what is your take on that? I agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, you know, I don't think they're going to bring Flurry back no matter what happens with McCrimmon. Yeah, um, yeah but uh, I think it would be a smart move they could, and I also don't think Flurry and Leonard would be here if that happened. Uh, having said that, though, my thing that I'm kind of going back on is like, like with the whole Flurry situation and clearing up that money and everything like that, you know, it was billed as we're going to bring in some offense. And yes, it opened the door for them to be able to, you know, make the move for Eichel and all that stuff. But they still didn't score, at least until the last game of the year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but it didn't matter. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I mean, throughout the year, one, the power play has been abysmal and they haven't put up point goals on offense. Why I mean, is their power like, play abysmal? I, I, man. It seems to me, you know, I have I have some people on, Dan Negreanu on, Dan Duva, you know, guys that know this team pretty well. And they all tell me the same thing. And I agree with them, which is. The, the passes that they make on the power play are very predictable, and it's slow. Yeah. They don't move the puck around fast enough, and they're very predictable on the power play. I just don't think 
that's Pete DeBoer's system. I just don't think his system works. Uh, you know, ask Wild Bill how, how how that's worked out under Carlson. I mean, the guy scored how many goals his first year here, and now you know, he, 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 what did he have? Like like fourteen or fifteen goals? I mean, what, uh, these are guys, and that's another thing. These guys are not getting any younger. Mark Stone, these guys are in their mid to late thirties. I could list you four or five guys that are in the mid to late thirties that are making millions of dollars a year. They're not getting any better. Maybe you can make the argument that Eichel's not getting any worse. But there's four or five guys out there making a lot of money. They ain't getting any younger. They're not getting better. That's on McCrimmon, if you ask me. Yeah, and I think now, too, you know, as the years go on and, and whatnot, I think they're going to start to kind of scratch their head a bit with the uh, Petro deal. You know, I, I think that's one that, you know, given the fact the way they still worked out and everything, that's one deal that could stick out like a sore thumb. A lot of people said, hey, man, that's a lot for an older guy uh, on a long-term deal there. But having said that, too, I mean, to the injury ones, I don't think it's a it's a full-on excuse that they can lean on having said that hockey is one of those sports to me where it is so much about chemistry sure. compared to many other sports and you look at all the new pieces that they did bring in offensively I mean when did they really ever even have the opportunity to develop that chemistry outside Agreed. of the misfit line that's a really good point you know? that's a really good point and, and you know it didn't seem like the guys were having a lot of fun this year no not even when they were winning games it didn't seem like they were having a lot of fun yeah uh, he is Jesse Merrick from Channel 3 Sports Chris Wynn joining us in studio as well when we come back uh, when we come back Chris Wynn wants uh some of his questions answered when it comes to how to pick up Cougars. Jesse's going to help him with that <laughs> when we come back. Uh, we're also going to talk some NBA uh, playoff action, some really uh, fun games to watch yesterday. Maybe not if you're a Celtics fan, but we'll talk about that. Uh, and, you know, listen, the Las Vegas Aces are starting their season in a few days, so we're going to talk to Jesse a little bit about that as well. Of course, covering the Aces and, uh, you know, maybe a little baseball rumor, Oakland A's action as well. Well, my voice just went back to puberty for a second there. That was, that was very, very strange. Uh, all right, we'll be back right after this you're listening to pushing the limits right here on kshp all right welcome back it is pushing the limits on a monday chris Wynn joining me in studio and we got my man from channel three sports jesse merrick uh channel three they do a, a great job and they did a great job covering what was a very fun nfl draft week we were just talking a little bit off the air about how there was a party at Circa for some of these kids that are getting, they are kids, 18, 19, 20 years old, about ready to be drafted, and there are like 50 hot chicks waiting outside this room, waiting for all these players to get in the room to become the next, uh, I guess, divorced millionaire. I don't know. I don't know how that... You know what it's like, guys? It's like when the NBA Summer League comes here. It's the same kind of thing, right? Yeah. Where you got all these... Just brand spanking new millionaires in town, yeah. and there just happens to be a few uh, of the uh, yeah. fair sex that. Well, that's around. that's how a lot of women feel about me. They know if they hit me, they won the jackpot of getting an occasional comp meal at a casino. That's usually <laughs> that's usually that's usually what they'll get. Hey, uh, hey everybody's got to eat, man. Everybody's got to eat. <laughs> that's right? true. That's true. Or maybe uh, Chris Wynn with one of his. Uh, Buffets, uh, you know, comp buffets. Uh, we, we do hit those buffets from time to time. We do. Uh, but uh, I was telling Jesse a little bit off there. I said you should have pretended like you were like a Hunter Renfer or one of those guys just yeah. walking out there, just like wear a jersey or something. And my hey, buddy, you doing? I'm Hunter. And, yeah, my buddies always hit me up with pictures of like you know, Hunt, uh, either Hunter Renfro or Adam Thielen or whatever. They're like, dude, you could pass for them out in public. <laughs> Who do you think is the hottest? Another inappropriate question, of course. Oh man, uh, what do you think is like the hottest reporter out there? In, in, Sports or news or anything. I'll oh ask Chris man. the same question. Dude, I'm the worst at this. Honestly, though, like I, the first one that comes to mind when you ask me that, I love Sam Ponder. Mm. Love her. Mm. Always have. Mm-hmm. She's good. Yeah. She's a good one. I agree. Chris? I'm a Mina Kimes guy. I'm, I'm big into Mina. So that's 
kind of my wheelhouse. She knows her thing with football too, man. I'll does, say yeah. that. I don't know. I don't know. She if was I, in town this weekend too. So I don't know if I, I don't know if I really have one. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, most of the women that do TV, um, you know, you, you guys are going to laugh. Well, maybe you won't laugh at me. I've always found Susie Colbert to be very, very sexy. I've always liked her, yeah. and I think she's very good at her job. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think for the most part in this day and age, uh, it's sexist to say this, but it's also true for men and women. You have to be somewhat attractive. I mean, Ron Futrell's the exception. Oh, dang. You, ha- you have to be somewhat attractive. He's a big personality, though. Ron is a personality <laughs> guy. That's, that's true. A, I was know, joking. That's, that's been thing, his MO the whole time. Yeah. The one thing that we always say in this business is like, look, it's a visual medium. You yeah. know what you sign up for. You know, And that's, I guess, what I'll leave it at. It's That's what it, the way it is. Uh, and I don't think that's sexist. Listen, when you're doing TV, uh, men or women, you, you can't be a 400-pound person, and, and for the most part, and be a, a reporter on television. Tell Television. It's just like, for the most part, you'll see actors and actresses that are that are very good at what they do. Not everybody is is extremely attractive, but for the most part, people are. And that's it's show business, man. Right? It is. It's different than radio, even though radio is show business. You know, it's it's different, right? Howard Stern, not exactly a male model. He's done pretty well for himself, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hook knows Howard Stern. I love Howard, though. I, I I really really do. So we were talking uh, Vegas Golden Knights, and I know yeah. Chris wanted to chime in and ask you some questions. Uh, on yeah, because you guys were both discussing obviously the goaltending situation and what was going on regarding the power play special teams and, and a lot of the issues they've had on the ice. I wanted to play devil's advocate with you for a second because what are the, it, it, there, there's a real possibility that the Vegas Golden Knights won't change anything. Everything will stay the same. Uh, maybe Robin Leonard gets dealt. That's a possibility given. I mean, I think Robin Leonard will have something to do with that as far as yeah. you know his decision-making. But when it comes to the upper management, when it comes to Pete DeBoer as the head coach, even though we saw what happened with Gerard Gallant, where it almost was basically after a losing streak. He wasn't let go because of the losing streak, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, but he was let go during a losing streak. That, to me, was much less of a reason to let go Gerard Gallant than it would be to let go Pete DeBoer after a season where they had big expectations and weren't able to come through. There's a real possibility that nothing changes, Jesse, and, it, and I think there could be a built-in excuse, right? There could be something that the VGK use when it comes to that. And it could be the 500-player games lost. Now, it's a stat that's been brought up for the past couple of weeks, right, where they listed, what, three or four teams, I believe, that had 400, between 420 and 450 players' games lost over the last 10, 15 years in the NHL that made the Stanley Cup playoffs. If the Vegas Golden Knights had made the postseason this year, they would have had 500-plus player games lost when it comes to that stat. Do you think that there could be no changes made, and that they could end up leaning on a stat like that going into the post uh, into the postseason. Yeah, I, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I would bet that that's honestly probably what's going to happen. I don't think mm-hmm. anyone's getting fired or anything. I think they are going to lean on that. I, I go back to, I believe it was the trade deadline press conference. Uh, McCrimmon mentioned that yeah. multiple times. You know that they feel that they are a Stanley Cup contender when they're healthy. You know, and that they've gone through, you know, so many injuries that so many other teams hadn't. Uh, Jack Eichel, after the last game, noted that so many other teams in the league didn't deal with what they did, uh, you know, and, and talked about, you know, the pluses of, you know, what happened and everything like that, and, and even getting to the point where they were battling for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really do think within those walls, I think that's what they're going to lean on, and I think they're going to let it ride one more time. Now, if we get halfway through the season and things aren't looking good. Well, then maybe there's some changes. But I think my one thing that I think is going to happen in every conversation I've had with people, I think Leonard's gone. 
And I think that's going to be like the big move. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, that if you're going to call the Vegas Golden Knights a Stanley Cup contender, it cannot be if Robin Leonard's your starting goaltender. That's just my personal opinion on that one. Health or not, I don't think Robin Leonard, I like him. I think he's a really nice guy. He's an above-average goalie. But I just don't believe he's the right guy uh, if you're trying to win a Stanley Cup. That's just my personal So, Brian, opinion. if you're saying that, though, I mean, yep. look, I, I, I agree with Jesse. I don't think Marc-Andre Fleury's coming back to Vegas. I didn't say he it's was. a bridge too far I didn't, for I didn't, that. Chris, I didn't so say he was. So what you're saying, though, is that you think you think Logan Thompson's going to end up being the guy no. next year? No. I do. That they're going to lean on? No. Uh, I you think do. they're yeah. going to get—I uh, don't. I think they're going to get somebody else. I think, uh, for the most part, I believe— uh, that Logan Thompson has certainly earned his way on this team as a backup. I don't think he's proven that he can be a legitimate uh, starting goaltender in the league yet. I think he will be. I don't know if next year's his time. With that being said, you get rid of Robin Leonard. you got to uh, wheel and deal and find another goalie. Uh, I agree with you. Robin Leonard's probably gone. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I believe, similar to Gallant, uh, there have been a different situation, but uh, his relationships are, are not very good between management and him, and Pete DeBoer doesn't have the best relationship with him either. I don't care what anybody says. They just don't. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see what happens. But yes, I do. I, I don't think they start the year next year as Logan Thompson, your starting goaltender. Maybe you're right, Jesse. I don't know. I, I just don't think that uh, a lot of. While Logan Thompson was very, very good, uh, he's a legitimate backup. I don't think. I'm not sure he's ready to be a starting goaltender on a team that should be a contender to win the Stanley Cup. I don't think he's at that level yet. I say yet because he's very young, he's mm-hmm. very skilled, and he did a very good job under very difficult circumstances. There's no question about that. I want him to stay on this team. I just, I'm not sure he's, he's ready yet to be that guy. But yeah. I would push back, Brian, on a, on, a, on a point you made regarding goaltending. You don't need to have a f- top five goaltender in the NHL to win a Stanley Cup or be a Stanley Cup contender. Is he Look a at top the Boston 25 Bruins goaltender? Took a rest. Look at the Boston Bruins, took a rest. Look at the Chicago Blackhawks won three Stanley Cups. I didn't with average goaltenders. Is he a top 25 Chris Osgood goaltender? for the Detroit Red Wings. Not, a, not one of the top five goaltenders. Osgood was phenomenal. The point I'm trying to make is that you're, you're, you're making it sound like, okay, Robin Leonard, even if they did keep Robin Leonard, right, you don't you think that they wouldn't be a Stanley Cup no, contender no. with Robin Leonard there? No, I don't. I would disagree. I the think reason that, why I say that know. is because Robin Leonard does not have the playoff experience. He doesn't have uh, those crucial Game 7s uh, in the bank. I want a goaltender that has it. Is it possible that you could have someone without that experience? Sure, it's possible, but I say unlikely. You want a goaltender that doesn't necessarily have to be a top five guy, but you want a goaltender that has the experience. He knows what it takes. He's been there before. Win or lose. Robin Leonard's never been in that situation before. Logan Thompson's never been in that situation before. Heck, he just just started playing games in the NHL. He's very good. I want Logan to stay. He's a legitimate backup. I don't think he's ready to be that guy. You don't I agree with you. You don't have to be a top five guy. But I believe to win Stanley Cups you have to have some of that experience. I say that in any sport, okay? You know, I look at a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. It's very rare to have a guy that hasn't been in the playoffs before win a couple games when he's never been a quarterback in the NFL before. I mean, we, we saw it last year. He almost won the Super Bowl, but, you know, uh, you know, I'm talking about the, the Bengals, of course. But, I mean, it's rare. You need somebody with that experience between the pipes. Uh, I, I think most people would probably agree with that. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just not sure Logan Thompson is that guy. Hey, let's talk a little Las Vegas Aces. Haven't done that with mm-hmm. you yet. Uh, I know you're going you're gonna to get wall-to-wall coverage on that next show, but I want to uh, talk to you a little bit about that right now. Can I just start off by saying this? I am so happy that Liz Cambage is not a Las Vegas Aces oh, player man. anymore. I was so sick of her, okay? First of all, 
the off-the-court drama with her. She was such a diva. I didn't like the way she answered questions. And you could be saying, well, who cares what you think, Brian? Fine, you're probably right on that. But she was such a diva. And by the way, how many layups did she lose in their last game last year? She single-handedly lost the game for them. You know, getting into fights with Team Nigeria, not playing in the Olympics in Australia, uh, caring more about what her social media is all about and posing half-naked in the magazine. Uh, but yet when it comes to missing layups, she was very, very good at that. She's an all-star when it comes to missing layups. Uh, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just so happy now that she's not on the Aces team anymore. I, I, that's just me. I'm sorry. I, I'm just happy about Jesse, that. Jesse, Brian can be very opinionated, okay? Like, <laughs> oh, I, no, I, I know. I think, I think that's been made abundantly clear to you, yeah. and, you no, and I it has. in the last uh, 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> I, I, know him, yeah. I know him well enough to know that. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I think, look, uh, I, I think the idea was great. I just don't think it necessarily worked out. I think now Asia's going to have some more room to work. Love Asia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to be a team that's shooting a ton. You, you saw on the exhibition last night, I believe it was either 22 or 23 three-pointers that they jacked mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made nine of them. I think since they've moved to Vegas, the most that they've ever made in a regular season game is 11. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and again, that's just the exhibition game there. Uh, afterwards, Becky Hammond said that's going to be something that we really push home, that we want shooters. Every conversation I've had with her, the new GM, any of the players, the first thing that they all talk about is we're going to be shooting a lot. And I think that is really going to open things up for Asia. She's also got some of that in her game. You know, maybe not necessarily shooting the three ball a ton, but she'll be taking some mid-range jumpers. I think the girl they got with their second first-round pick, Kirsten Bell, is going to be mm-hmm. a savage. It's going to be fun yeah. to watch. I mean, mm-hmm. she had a handful of threes last night. Um, it, it, this team's going to be, I think, a lot more enjoyable for fans to watch than it was under Bill Lambeer, just system-wise. I agree with you. I The last time I made a prediction on the air, I was right. I said that uh, Scotty Scheffler was going to win the Masters. Uh, don't uh, don't hurt yourself patting yourself on the back there, man. I, yeah, I, I, that was, that <laughs> His was, arm is broken, Jesse. Yeah. That was a that very, one. very good yeah. pick. Uh, I'm going to make a prediction right now with the Aces. Okay. I think they're ready. I think Becky Hammond... Uh, well, I don't think I know. She knows what she's doing. She's a phenomenal coach. She's going to yeah. do a great job here. I mean, she's able to coach an NBA Summer League team to a championship, work with Greg Popovich for all these years. She's ready. She's ready with this team. I think this team has all the tools. You're right. They, they can shoot, but they're also very good defensively. I love Asia Wilson. She's a superstar. And I think the pain that they suffered last year, I remember uh, Asia Wilson when she had to, her father had to take her off the court. She was so emotional, and they were so close. And again, I don't want to go back to the Liz Kembe stuff, even though it was her fault. But I don't want to go back. I would, you know, I don't want to go back to that. I believe this team is ready, and there are some good teams out there. And never would I ever say that I am a WNBA expert in analyzing every team. But I will tell you this right now: I do believe that the Aces win it all this year, and it's not going to be easy. But I believe they have the right coaching staff in place. And I forgot the assistant coach, Natalie. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm I'm drawing a blank with her last name. Uh, but she uh, was the actual first female coach on a summer league roster. Uh, she oh, also yeah. Natalie, I forgot her last I'm, name. I'm blanking on her last yeah, name. Too, uh, yeah, but uh, she also was an assistant under Doc Rivers with the LA Clippers. Mm-hmm. They have a, a really uh, cool staff. They do coached men and women, and uh, of course. Uh, Natalie played at UCLA, and of course we know the player that Becky Hammond was one of the best female basketball players of all time. Mm-hmm. I, I just think everything is in place for this franchise this year. It doesn't mean they're going to get it done, but I think they are. Uh, they're certainly one of the contenders to win it all this year. There's no question about that. Yeah, when I look at, too, just the leadership, I mean, they've got a lot of really strong women leading this team here. You know, you noted Becky um, you know, and the other assistant coaches that they've got right now. They've also got Natalie Williams as their new mm-hmm. GM. You know, She uh, you know, played for Team USA, I believe, won gold. 
maybe multiple, I can't remember, uh, but she also played for the Stars when they were the Stars back in the day, yeah. you know, in Utah. Uh, on top of that, they've got Nikki Fargus leading things. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a few people out there that know more about basketball and the structure of building a team and running things than someone like her. Mm-hmm. I mean, what Mark Davis has done with this team has been really impressive, just the leadership that he's brought in. Sure. Pair that with the insane talent that they have. I mean, look, the WNBA, there's not as many teams, so like a lot of different teams are going to be stacked. But I think the the you know continuity that the Aces have of look at how long a lot of these players have played together mm-hmm. and also just the raw talent they have and the influx of shooters that they got in the draft sure. to me it's going to be interesting I think their first pick as well uh, Maya Hollingshed mm-hmm. being that swing for that stretch four kind of man I, she's going to be fun to watch and kind of how she's ingrained into things here and by the way the assistant coach I was I got her first name right Natalie Nakasi is yes. who I'm speaking of Tyler Marsh is the other yep. assistant right yes yeah yes. so they have a really good staff uh, listen I like Bill Lambier uh, I love I interviewing too. him I love talking to him good coach. Obviously, he's accomplished a lot as a coach in the WNBA. Um, I, I, in my personal opinion, I think Becky Hammond's going to have a better relationship with her players. Uh, not to say that Bill Lambier didn't, because a lot of players enjoyed playing for him. Uh, nice guy. I enjoyed you know his time here. But I just think Becky Hammond is at another level. I agree. I mean, she's at another level, um, and, and nothing to take away from Bill Lambier, legendary no. player, and, and and was I've nothing but compliments for him. He did a great job here. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the team that he had to assemble together, and 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 I thought. Uh, you know, good coach did a good job and, and and was very close last year to winning it all. To me, no no knock on Bill Lambier whatsoever. The conversations I've had with many people, they have told me I'm wrong for the opinion I'm about to say. But uh, and I really liked Bill. I lo- enjoyed covering him. You me know, too. I thought he yeah. did a great job. Uh, I thought he lost the locker room in that last, you know, the last couple of games in that series. There, the comment where he at the end, uh, you guys, I think, were there for that press conference mm-hmm. where he basically said we had nobody with that killer instinct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw the look on the players' faces yeah. when they heard him say that. And to me, or when they were asked about him saying that, and to me, that was that moment where there's just kind of an eye roll where it's like, really, man. And, and I think that they have those dogs. Chelsea Gray comes a moment to mind you know for me right that. away, and I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, Probably shouldn't have said that, but sometimes no. coaches say certain things to try to click, and and, and, and and I think that's what Bill Lambier was probably trying to do. But that was after they had lost the series. Yeah, that's true. Like, what are you trying I to think, prove there, man? I think when you get that far and you get to the WNBA Finals, you're that close to, to winning a championship. Obviously, you have to have players. Now, I would agree with him. There were maybe one or two players. I don't believe Liz Cambage has that killer instinct. I don't think she really cares much. I think she cares more about how many followers she has on Instagram and how many people are looking at her half-naked body. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest with you. I'm not a Liz Cambage fan. Never was. Uh, you're telling me Asia Wilson doesn't have that killer instinct? Who's their point guard? I'm drawing a blank now. Um, Chelsea Gray. Uh, Chelsea Gray. And who's their Chelsea other guard? Chelsea Plum. They've got Plum. Uh, Raquana Plum. Williams you're as telling well. Me, she plays like You're that. telling me yeah. Plum doesn't have killer instinct, the all-time leader in points at yeah. the college level? You don't just, So I agree with you. That I think to me, yeah. Off-color statement that uh, I, it makes more sense to me in the middle of a series saying something like that to yeah. try to motivate. But at the end, you've know, you got to say, listen, our, you're telling me they didn't fight. They fought hard. Uh, in that series, they lost to a better team with, yeah. with a bunch of Hall of Fame players. Let's and be honest. To his credit, you know, again, that was a series where they're playing against Diana Taurasi. So maybe compared was, to her, they didn't because <laughs> that's Diana Taurasi. I mean, right, she's as right, close yeah. to the Mamba as there is Hall out there. Yep. Yeah. But yep. I mean, man, I, when I heard that, I was like, dude, really? You know, and, and I've asked multiple people within an organization about that. And they've all, you know, told me, hey, man, you're reading too much into that. 
But I just I know what I felt in the moment when I saw it and looked sure. at the looks on their faces. I was like, mm-hmm. man, I don't know. But again, I think he did some great things with this team. Just eventually, with the talent that they had, sure. they should have won a championship when he was here. Do a quick point, Brian and yep. Jesse, when it came to Becky Hammond being hired as the head coach there, I'm a little bit disheartened. Maybe this is just me personally being selfish. I'm a little bit upset. We're not going to get a chance to see Becky maybe realize that dream of being a head coach in the NBA because she makes the transition back to the WNBA. Do you think that anything to that, Jesse? Do you think or do you think that this is probably the best for her and is probably a, a, a good step for her when it comes to her coaching career? You know, so many times you hear people say of like, oh, they need the experience, they need the experience, they mm-hmm. need the experience, you know, and there are so many men that have been hired in the NBA that didn't have that head coaching experience. So many guys that were former players that were hired that didn't have that head coaching experience. And I think Becky was like, hey, you know what? I'm tired of hearing I don't have the experience. Yeah. And yeah, there's a double standard because that's not right that that's how she's being treated in that mm-hmm. sense. But I think she said, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go be a head coach. And then you can't say that I don't have that experience, especially if she wins championships. And keep in mind, this is uh, not a full-time thing. I'm sorry. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, It's just not. I mean, this was after the NBA season as an assistant coach with the San Antonio Spurs. Now you got the four or five months. But I agree with Jesse. I think this is one of those things where it's just going to be, okay, uh, get my head coaching experience, maybe win a championship, which, by the way, I believe she will here. Um, She may be a head coach at the NBA level. I don't think we see a head coach at the NBA level as a female in our lifetime. I could be wrong on that. I, I certainly don't hey, speak think, for yourself. You're a little older than me. <laughs> uh, that's, that's true. The, the, with my lifestyle, you're right. That could, but uh, I don't think we def. I, I think there's a better chance we see it in the NBA than at the college level. Uh, yeah. And again, I'm not trying to be a chauvinist here. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. I'm just reality wise. I don't think there's a lot. You got an 18 year old kid, a 17, 18 year old kid. And you have a female head coach that's trying to recruit your kid. Uh, sadly, there's probably a lot of fathers out there that wouldn't want that. Now, do I think she deserves to? Do, do I think she's good enough? Absolutely. Yeah. There are a lot of bad NBA coaches out there, a lot of bad <laughs> college coaches out there. She is a good coach. I believe she deserves it. But whether I believe she should be a head coach, coaching men, mm. and whether she will are two completely different things. Um, but I agree with you, Jesse. I think this is a notch on her belt as far as you know, head coach, experience. Um, she, boy, she did such a she did such a great job in the WNBA, or I'm sorry, in the uh, NBA Summer League. Yeah. I remember that team she took to a championship. Uh, she has the utmost respect from everybody, and when you have the respect from a guy like a Greg Popovich, uh, I I think that's saying something. Yeah, when you're working on that staff, right? It's not like he was working on a staff that was mediocre or terrible in the NBA. You're talking about basically the gold standard when it comes to the NBA in the San Antonio Spurs. Multiple championships. Greg Popovich is a Hall of Fame coach, a guy that's you know head coach of Team USA, and you're and yep. he's working and she's working under him. Right. I thought that the credentials you know speak for themselves mm-hmm. when it comes to Becky Hammond here now with the Las Vegas Aces. Yeah, uh, so uh, Maya was their first pick in the draft, and we just, we're just learning that they cut her. So are you surprised by that, Jesse? Very, very much so. That was the stretch floor that I was talking about. Wait, um, they just cut Hollingsworth? Yeah, Hollingshed, yeah. Or Hollingshed. Um, um, yeah. That's, that's very surprising to me. Hmm. Um, wow. I don't something <laughs> must have happened, right? Off the court, yeah, maybe, or yeah. something? That's There's got to be something else going on. It wouldn't be just... That's very bizarre. From play on the court before her first seat, there's something else going on, guys. Well, I'm sure we'll find, to be. I'm sure yeah. we'll find out about it, mm-hmm. but uh, we're running out of time here, man. Jesse, I appreciate you coming in as always. Uh, if you have any Cougar stories, please let me know. I'll gladly, <laughs> gladly share them on the air. Uh, are you going to be going to the Knights press conference tomorrow morning? I'm off tomorrow, and, oh. and I'm tired from the draft, man. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be man. kicking it. i got to get the oil changed in my car. It's been too long. Like i, I got stuff i got to do. How but do I'll people be follow you? Along. Uh, at Jesse News 3LV. 
MLB mm-hmm. on Twitter. That's the best spot. Cool. Uh, he is Jesse Merrick. Uh, Jesse, I appreciate you coming in on your day off. Get some rest. I know you guys have been very busy over the course of the last week or so. Uh, Chris, thanks for being here again, as always. And uh, yep. if uh, you do, or if you are lucky enough to go to a strip club and, and get some digits, please let me know. It's all good, baby. It's going to be my first priority next time I actually hit one of the establishments. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) All right. uh, For Numchuck, Rick, C. Wynn, Jesse, I am Brian Shapiro. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place. Have a great day, everybody.